Hey, welcome to Booked Live. Uh, <laughs> the hot seat. This is, yeah, this is the hot seat edition, which basically means um, we don't get to just retake things a billion times in a row or something, or someone is under extreme scrutiny, possibly. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, there's there's two different audiences for this. So this is actually going to be an episode of the Books Podcast, but it's also something that's streaming live uh, right now through um, the various interwebs, YouTube, Google, Googly Hangout. No, Google. No, YouTube. It's YouTube. It's YouTube. We use uh, Google right. Hangouts for it. But what this really yeah. means is that you get to see me blow sweet vape clouds for like 90 minutes, which is not something that you're you're uh, seeing if you're listening to this later on the podcast. I think that's what Rob was getting around to. Yeah, I wanted to differentiate. Like, if you hear us talking about, like, if I say, damn, Livius, that was a sweet vape cloud. Um it's because I can actually see Livius doing the sweet vape cloud. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking to yourself, man, I want to see that particular sweet vape cloud, this will be something that's available on our YouTube channel, which I believe if you go to youtube.com slash booked podcast, uh, that should take you right to a handful of videos um, that we have available, including um, my world famous unboxing video for the um, familiar volume one by Mark Danielski, which um it's, I mean, that's got to be up to 2,000 views by now. It is just raging across the internet. It's viral. It's viral. The best, the best part about doing this, Rob, is that when you're <laughs> on my screen, I can see my reflection in your eyes. And that's just, wow. it's and how I, I always I was, picture the podcast happening, but yeah. now I actually get to see it. I thought I was the vain one. And apparently, it's your love for yeah. me, bro. It's nothing to do with vanity. We know how much you love me. Yeah. Do you see in 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 my eyes? Is it little hearts? And no, inside, it's inside actually just two of me, like right around here in the eye parts. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. All right. I'll take it. That's fine. Um, we have a couple of topics. We're probably going to hang a little bit and just shoot the shit um, until some people are able to get on. And if people don't get on, then we're just going to launch into a couple of things. But coming up, we will um, either accuse an author of stealing my ideas or determine that I actually have psychic abilities, uh, specifically the ability to predict the future. One of those two things is going to happen tonight and uh, we'll let you decide. I've already decided, but we'll let you guys decide on, on what you think. <laughs> you can join the conversation about it. Um, did uh, I have a little bit of a predictive ability that I demonstrated through um, a Facebook memory the other day. I don't know if you remember seeing that. I did, but I'm going to yeah. let you explain it. So um, Facebook does this thing where it'll say on this day, and then it shows you everything that you did on previous day, this day, previous years, which like, it's so dumb, but I love seeing what I was doing like a year ago, two years ago, eight years ago. Like it's always that little, little gamble of like, how far does it go back this time? Um, which is so dumb, but it, it's somehow super satisfying. And so the other day, I believe it was yesterday, one of my on this day uh, events was from 2013. I was in Chicago and I took a picture and it had the Trump Tower in Chicago in between two buildings. And I captioned it as um, can't escape Trump. And that was far before he had ever, ever announced a candidacy, candidacy for president. Mm -hmm. And now I realize just how true can't escape Trump really is. That is, uh, that's, yeah, I would say that maybe since we've been doing this podcast, we have developed some crazy ability to predict the future. 
So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. So a little clairvoyance, a little future sight, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. Um, looks like we have a couple of viewers. I'm not really sure how I can find out who these viewers are. Oh, I don't see that. At the bottom of the screen, it says it. But if you click over to YouTube, you just see what I said 45 seconds ago. So it's a terrible idea to do that. Oh, all right. Because <laughs> so I was just watching us have a conversation about something. Huh. You may need to moderate uh, interaction with... Um... Hold on. Yeah, I'm worried I'm going to click on something and it's going to destroy the world. I, I yeah I, I I think I have the full control over this. I think the only thing you can do is probably kick yourself off, and I could probably bring it back yeah. in. But um, you should be able to use the live chat on the right hand side of YouTube uh, in order to communicate with us. We did learn a year ago when we did this though that there is significant lag, so it may be like a minute or two until. Um, how do how did this work, Rob? There's some time travel involved. Like we're doing this right now, but you're not seeing it for like a minute and a half until the encoding yeah. happens. It gets uploaded. We lost a viewer already. Apparently, the inner workings of YouTube are not uh, are not what people tune in for. Any rate, we get those messages uh, a lot later than you think we get them. So um, we'll try to get to Rob's. Ask me anything. You can ask Rob anything, and he's oh, okay. going to answer it. Um, <laughs> it's in the description for the video. So. All right. Yeah, I'm totally watching you talk on YouTube. Do you want to see what you look like? You want a little inception here? Oh, this is crazy. Yeah. God damn it. That's a handsome guy. But, um, oh, hey, there's Misty saying, wait, it's, is it just me? <laughs> it might just be her. Um, that's her. not showing up in the chat on here. So, yeah, obviously we have some. Hopefully what we're really hoping for is that Facebook Live will eventually give us the ability to do this, where one of us can start a call on the page and then we'll be able to have those chats right in there. Um, Rob, you can monitor the YouTube channel chat, I guess, on your iPad, and I'll keep an eye out on the one in here. And uh, that's it. Rob, it looks really bright behind you. Why is it still so light out where you are? Oh, because it's um, 6.36 California time um, here on the West Coast in California, where I'm living right now. It's only 6.36. Uh, the countdown is on how many days until you're back? Uh, oh, man, that's math. Um... September 1st is when I'm back. So today is July 20th. So 40 days. Five weeks, yep. 40 days, whatever you want to call that. Mm -hmm. Rob returns to Chicago where I'll see him just as much as I've yeah. seen him while he was in California. Maybe more because we're actually doing a video thing right now. So you're saying that like you coming, me coming back means I'll see you less. Probably. Is that your future predictions? That's, a, yeah, more prognosticating happening right there. Um, we have a follow-up comment from Misty from a couple minutes ago that says, ha, 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 ha. I think Thanks. it's about, Thanks. I think it's about um, us noticing that Misty is the only one on the on the call. So Could be. I don't know if they're counting you as a viewer because you're on too, I guess. So it might be just Misty, which you know what, quite honestly, is perfectly fine. We are killing two birds with one stone. We are fulfilling our promise to do a book live, and this is this week's booked. Yeah. So uh, that's it. Rob, I have been listening to some episodes from October of 2015. Yeah. I got to tell you, the podcast hasn't changed a bunch in almost two years. <laughs> that sounds like a bad thing. <laughs> sounds like maybe it's just, it's just, we might as well have written that. We might as well record that last week. I'm setting people up for, for the all important reveal uh, what I discovered this week. But uh, like I said, I'm going to give people a few more minutes to, to get on and, and, uh, 
so let's talk about like something inspired you at some point to just go back and listen to old up, ep- or do you just do this all the time where you listen to old episodes of the podcast? No, it, it's it's related to my my prognostication. That's uh. So all right, I, I'm just gonna go ahead and we have a third viewer, so I might as well go ahead and explain it now. Yeah, bring it on. Or right, so, I was gonna, I mean, I thought I was trying to set you up for a little bit of like you explain what brought you to the point where uh-huh. you, I got you, you. So Edgar Cantero wrote. Uh, what was that book called? <laughs> Supernatural Enhancements. Supernatural Enhancements um, that, that we reviewed back in 2015. Uh, and it was the first of our October episodes. At any rate, it was during horror month, so we reviewed it, and uh, we liked it. But So he has a new book that just came out called Meddling Kids, and this came out, I think it was last week. And uh, I saw the name, I'm like, oh, that looks familiar. That's right, we reviewed something by him. I kind of remember liking that book. I'm still reading stuff for the Lazy Summer Podcasting, so I'm going to go ahead and, and look into this book. And then I decided, hey, why don't I go back, just listen to the review and see what I really thought of his book. So let me tell you what Meddling Kids is. It is a unapologetically, um, it's unapo- unapologetic, I don't want to say ripoff. It's a story about four kids and a dog that solved mysteries. Now, I I think this is exactly what he's trying to do. I don't think he's trying to hide it, but he couldn't get, you know, the the rights for Scooby-Doo. But this is, they're in their 20s, and they have all suffered um, emotionally, mentally, from some of the crimes that they solved. So they were kind of super popular and getting written up in the newspaper when they were kids. They moved on, they solved this one big case, they moved on with their lives, but all of them have faced some challenges. Um, relating to their experiences. And I go, oh, this sounds this sounds kind of interesting. I go, I'm going to go back and listen to the Supernatural Enhancements review. This is where it's get, getting good. 12 minutes in to that review, we're talking about the house and how there's, you know, like these all these crusty old white guys keep showing up and this and that. And I said something along the lines of, I'm reading this kind of feels like I'm reading a Scooby-Doo mystery. And I even say at one point, <laughs> if it wasn't for you meddling kids. Now, you might say, well, all right, so you said it. Maybe that's kind of his style or whatever. He probably didn't even hear that. Here's where you'd be wrong. <laughs> I don't realize that while listening to that episode, but because I listen on to Stitcher, it just goes to the next episode sequentially. It doesn't matter what the time frame is. So I... Uh, listen to the following episode in which Rob informs me that we received a tweet from Edgar Cantero thanking us for reviewing his book and for the kind words we said, which would imply what, Rob? Oh, he listened to the episode. He, he listened to the episode in which I said, this reminds me of a Scooby-Doo mystery and where I even gave him the title or from where he may have taken the title. I don't know this to be true or not. Um, meddling kids for his next book. Um... Is it me no. predicting the future, or is it a little bit of Livius had a good idea and someone capitalized on it? Here's my question. Yes, and this is really going to be kind of like the defining moment for uh, which way this, which which direction this goes in. Uh, did you look to see, um, or did you do any investigation, or is there any information about when he wrote the story? Because if he wrote it before October of 2015, then you this have is a good, even... This is, this is a good question. I have done yeah. no investigation. 
I mean, and, and my suspicion would be if he did write it before October of 2015, that means that you even have a bigger superpower because you implanted your your thought went back in time and implanted in his mind before you even said it. Well, okay, so then it could just be a psychic ability where I could like read his mind and know what he had been doing, even though I haven't met the guy. I did also say, and I kind of felt bad. I don't know if I remembered this at the time, <laughs> but it, so I listened to the episodes back to back. So I had no real reason to remember this a week afterwards when you told me that that he had listened to the episode. I said, yeah, I looked at pictures. Guy's got like the douchiest haircut. <laughs> so, oh, so yeah. Rob suggested I look him up now and uh, see if there is still a douchey haircut. So uh, <laughs> Rob's going to talk for a minute. I'm going to try to figure out screen sharing. See, I'm, and here's the thing that I'm noticing just from the conversation right now is that I'm all about like digging in and finding more proof one way or another. I need to know, does he still have a douchey haircut? Um, like, cause then if he doesn't have a douchey haircut, Livius's advice was sound and he went and got a better haircut, but I need the proof. And now um, with the, the, the book, the meddling kids, going to need some proof about, you know, if there's any kind of indication. So we might need to go back to interviews or, you know, his Twitter account or something like that to see if we can find any, anything of substance that says, oh man, this is a story I've been working on for like a decade. I love Scooby-Doo so much. Or um, yeah, it came to me one early November, 2015 morning. <laughs> also, um, I'm ready to go right into a lawsuit if um if you think that that's the right thing to do. Now, are you are you talking about though? Look at this. This is interesting when you do this Holy thing and you screen share like that. So Inception. I think you guys wow. can see. Do you see a bunch of pictures of a guy right now? Yeah. So I know this is the picture I was referring to previously. Yeah. Yep. For some reason, I'm hovering over. It won't get any bigger. And then I have to imagine he looks a little older here. So I think he may have also taken my advice about the hair. All right. All right. Maybe no. No, no, I, I agree with you. I'm looking at the other one. I'm, I'm I'm noticing that Lit Reactor did a quick review of um, the supernatural enhancements, and I'm guessing that was after we talked about it. <clears throat> um, here is the cover for Meddling Kids. You may notice that that uh, doesn't look that unfamiliar. From it's got a dog and it's got the kind of goofy font and yeah. Um, I've I've read twenty percent of it, and so far so good. I mean, I'm enjoying the book, so I'm not slighting the book. I'm just saying that I, I haven't flipped to the uh, acknowledgments or whatever yet. I'm, I'm just wondering if I'm going to find my name in there. That, I mean, that would be awesome. Thanks, Olivia Snedden, for inspiring my career of ripping off <laughs> intellectual property. All I know is either that I am a genius who has provided somebody with an idea that they uh, saw to, to fruition and hopefully made some money on, or I can tell the goddamn future. I'm happy either way. I mean, yeah. like neither of those are a negative outcome. Like either you have such good ideas that people benefit from them or fucking now I'm a little bit concerned if you have like mental powers though, because uh, like he's like, you're just sitting there and you're like that motherfucker thinks I'm an asshole or something like that. He doesn't think that vape cloud was good at all. I'm going to blow a lot of sweet vape clouds for you, buddy. I'm going to drink some beer for you. What kind of beer are you drinking, Rob? Uh, oh, let me finish this pour. This is Beechwood Brewing. It's called Mocha Machine. Now, that's pretty local to where you're at now, if I remember correctly, right? Uh, Local-ish. So it's an Imperial Coffee Chocolate Porter. 
Um, and it's from Beachwood Brewing, which is in um, Long Beach, California. So it down by LA and up up in the South Bay area. So it'd be about a six hour drive, but it's way shorter than like the 36 hour drive it would have been if I were back in Illinois. That's yeah, that's very true. I, I know you didn't ask. Here it is. <laughs> Gallo family, sweet peach. This Look at that. Look at that. You see that? It's a twist oh, yeah, off. Metal twist off cap. Yeah, that's that doesn't even have a cork, but this stuff is delicious. I could probably drink like four bottles of this before I'm, you know, too inebriated to drive anywhere. Um, but I'm not driving anywhere tonight. I'm spending my evening with you, buddy. I appreciate that. That makes me happy. Um, more book related news. Uh, we did find out that a slight correction. Um, we talked during the last episode or two episodes ago about Rob Hart and the woman from Prague being the last book in that series. Not correct. Cause he finished the last book in that series definitively what he referred to as the last book in that series um, today on an airplane flight. So I guess there are two more um, Ash McKenna novels that, that we haven't read. There'll be one more for anybody who's a fan of, you know, who's currently reading the woman from Prague. So that's cool. Which is in the Czech Republic. It is. It is in the Czech Republic. Um, it's going to be interesting. I kind of, I, I kind of want to talk to Rob a little bit. Uh, I'm probably closer to production time on that book about, uh, ending a series that, uh, you know, I mean, he's written now five books. And, uh, I, I know we talked, we've talked to other people who have ended series. We talked to F. Paul Wilson about it, but um, yeah, I was just about to bring that up because I have a thought about that, but continue. Oh, okay. Almost. I just, it'd be interesting to get someone's take on, you know, your attachment to the character and then making the decision to let it go. And, and after, cause you know, by the time we read the book, he will have, he's finished the story. Now it's probably going to be six months of revisions and stuff before it's actually published. So they have some time away from the end of the story, you know, from him ending the story um, to kind of get his take on, on Ash McKenna and how he feels about the end. So, um, my thought is another, another, another little bit of, of Livius maybe mentally in, uh, influencing other people was after talking to F Paul Wilson and basically like the line of questioning, and you can find this on the interview was about how, um, how difficult it must be. And then like really kind of. They had this moment where, you know, you could tell Wilson was was kind of, Livius took him back and they were both kind of loving like everything about, you know, the, uh, what's the series? I'm sorry. Repairman Jack. Repairman Jack. I was going to say that, but I, I didn't want to say the wrong thing. Um, they were like, they were in this moment. Like it was like they were back in time and then it was like the good old days again. And um, Livius is wiping the tears from his eyes. Um, and what happened? What happened after that, Livius? You have, we have a follow-up to that interview, which I don't think that we've covered on the podcast, but um, you showed me um, through through like a screenshot. Mm -hmm. Totally not prepared for this, or I would have that screenshot for, for people to see, but uh, F. Paul Wilson has decided that he has another Repairman Jack story that he thinks he would like to tell. Now, a la Stephen King in the Dark Tower, this would take place within side the existing repairman jack stories i don't remember where he said but i think it's between like maybe books eight and nine or nine and ten but getting towards the latter part of the series but uh a story that takes place that will not further um the story at its end but will um maybe fill in some holes or at least provide some some fan service for uh, repairman jack fans that's uh i mean and 
I wonder how much of that uh, has uh, comes. I wonder how much of that has to do with like if he's kind of shelved that character and moved on and been busy with other things and obviously had a career where he had a bunch of different stories that didn't have to do with that series. Like how much of that, you know, desire to go back comes from like feedback from the fans. Like, did you kind of stir up in him uh, a nostalgia that he just couldn't let go or was it always kind of lingering there and this just happened to be the right time? I mean, he was working um, with Slash on Repair Band Jack for the better part of like 20 years. So I know we, you know we talked about Rob Hart and the first Ash McKenna book came out, what, two years ago? I mean, they've been being released yeah. pretty quickly. Um, just imagine spending 20 years um, writing a character over the course of whatever. If it was like 15 full-length novels, then he had some shorts, then he had those really early young Jack year ones. So he's got like 20 books out. I have to imagine that there's a little bit of tugging at him too, where he wakes up thinking about Repairman Jack and or a Repairman Jack story. I'm sure that having fans talk to him about it, I'm certain I'm not the only one. You know, it probably helped. Um, incoming from the chat on YouTube, Misty Bennett says, by the way, loving that summer color on Livius. Uh, to which I respond, hey, Misty, he's not the only one. That's right. Because I get that shit. On my wrist. There we yes, go. We match. I am. I am nothing if not a fashionista, Misty. I, I know you know this about me, but in case listeners don't, people haven't seen me in person. I am always at the height of fashion. Mm, I mean, you wear clothes. I listen, and you know what? That's what people would prefer to see me in clothes. So yeah. I do. I do what needs to be done. Rob, on the other hand, is almost always dressed like he's going to a funeral. I mean, I have a lot of dark colors. But, you have uh, all the dark colors. I have a, I mean, I'm looking, I'm kind of half in a closet right now, so I'm looking at the shirts that I have hanging up. I see a blue shirt, and I see a red shirt. Do they have Apple logos on them? Um, no. Okay. Neither of them. Neither of them do. Okay. All right. Uh, I feel like, oh, oh, um, since we were talking about, um, okay, uh, back to Misty. Uh, overwhelmed by handsome, so much summer. I really don't know exactly what that means, but uh, we're going to go with it. And Comrade Chrome, who I think we we uh, know under a different name, uh, <laughs> mentioned that Livius, since we're talking about you in fashion, you rock that sweet phone holster too. <laughs> can we, um, you're muted by the way, I think, but uh, can we, can we get some phone holster action? Hold on. I just want to get you like crotch level with the camera. Oh, look at that. This Ooh. is brand new. The outside part, brand new, because I broke the other one. <laughs> watch this, guys. Watch this. Watch this. Hold on. It's like a YouTube demo video for like how to use a sweet phone holster. Wow. Yeah. That's uh Yeah. Um not surprising. No case even. Um, that just scares me having no case. Frightening. Terribly frightening. I mean, I just, I don't know. I'm not a holster man. Yeah, well, so. not all of us can be, Rob. Not all of us can be. You know, you and I had a conversation about how the next iteration of the iPhone, um, if it's side to side, might the case might be. I did find somebody that had a Samsung S8. Totally unrelated to this podcast. <laughs> it, it just clips at the top, which kind okay. of what we talked yeah, about. Yeah. 
so you can still have a case on that it. Makes sense. The case would so not come that. up the sides, yeah. So. yeah. So. Um, Comrade Chrome goes on to say that shit's tactical. Yeah, that's talking about your holster. Yeah, uh, honestly, so like, it's, it's not a fashion statement for me, but it is. The phone so what, is always at the ready. What's the to do? What to be used? I don't do. Listen, I mean, first of all, I wear slacks to work. Uh, cell phones and slack pockets. Slacks pockets. Slack pockets. I think it's slacks pockets. Slacks pockets um, don't do well. You, your phone usually ends up uh, on the ground. So if you have jeans, the pockets are cut different, and it's a little bit different. Um, plus, when phones got, I mean, I've always worn a holster, but as phones got bigger, the chance of it going in my pocket was slimmer and slimmer. So, hmm. I mean, so if I were wearing like some slacks, hmm? it would be like the shit would get old with putting my phone in my pocket. It would be more likely to fall out of your slacks when you sit. Oh, down. like if I sat down or something. Cut. Yeah. 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 I saw a commercial for some, um, I want to say, like, basketball shorts or something that are designed specifically to address that issue where if you sit down, mm-hmm. shit falls out of your pockets. Yeah. And the pockets are, either the pockets zip, which, I mean, like, come on, anybody could have figured out that solution. Um, or they're designed in a way where, like, the, the mode of ingress for your stuff uh, or I guess egress in this situation would be in a way that doesn't um, get fucked up when you're sitting down. Yeah, like gym short pockets are cut very similarly to slack pockets there. Um, yeah. This has got to be fascinating for riveting for the viewers. Um, Welcome to the fashion pockets, episode. Jean pockets are this way. Slacks yeah. pockets are this way is really the, the easiest way. Like when I'm in a car wearing a seatbelt and I'm wearing jeans... It's really hard for me to like get my credit card out to pay for stuff like with a seatbelt on. With slacks, it's easier because like the seatbelt just hits at a completely different angle. Yeah, I'm trying to think about that. Uh, by the way, Comrade Chrome, our homie from the Long Beach area, will appreciate what I'm drinking. I figured if someone was going to pick up my phone holster, that might be it. Hold on a second. This is a very satisfying sound oh, yeah. you're about to hear. I mean, it looks. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, Frank Edler joins the call <clears throat> saying, hi, sellers. And then he says, fellers. So I'm wondering if he thinks we're selling things and we're like, or if he just missed, there was a typo. He may have already had way too much Gallo family sweet peach. Yeah. So <laughs> brought to you by the Gallo family. Hey, I bet you that's a California winery. I could probably meet up with the Gallo family while I'm out here. Uh, Comrade Chrome says LB represent more on the way. Oh, I think I might get some good good beers soon. Very nice. I really enjoyed my time in Long Beach. Those of you who were in Long Beach with me, I had a lot of fun. Um, are you saying we're gonna go back there? I don't know if I'd go that far, but I'm I'm less likely to say no. Modesto, <laughs> Cal Modesto, California is where this fine wine. Oh shit! Where's Modesto? And I was I'm actually surprised. This is nine percent. Alcohol. I figured this was like five or five five. Nine percent. Nine percent. Hey, me too. Hang on. Mine's I think my beer beats your wine. Uh nine point two percent. Boom. Mine probably has the same amount of bubbles that yours does, though. I is that a measure that hey, I'm two hours away from Modesto. Um if you're ever there, give the give the Gallo family my love. Yeah. Ernest and Julio. I'd say both. Isn't that 
where the gas yes, family. Very yeah. good. Very good, Rob. Dude, I when I was 18, I ran a liquor department of a grocery store. Was it at Osco? It was at Osco in Lake Zurich, Illinois. So you could run it, but you couldn't actually sell it, right? Because you had to you've had right. to be 21 to actually bring up liquor. That's kind of weird. Could, I could order it and stock it, but I was not allowed to sell it because I was underage. So um, fucking weird. Yeah. So I we were being um by Comrade Chrome, uh, he's saying, don't go to Modesto. We'll be reminded of Southern Indiana. Oh, and, and Frank Edler is enjoying a Goose Island Kolsch. We all make mistakes. Oh, did you just call oh, him out on the kind of beer he's drinking? But, uh, I mean, A, Chicago represent because of Goose Island. B, he drinks the bad beers. That's the whole thing on his Books, Beer, and Bullshit uh, podcast. Yeah, I know this isn't supposed um, to be Ask Me Anything for Frank Edler, but Frank... Uh, what are the chances of us hearing another books, beer, and bullshit anytime soon? <laughs> when was the last uh, books, beer, and bullshit episode uh, posted? I don't know. Let's take a look. I'm going to go to my <laughs> podcast app. This is what happens behind the scenes um, when we're recording. Wait, is it even on? If it's not on... Uh, Looks like October 2016. What? October 25th, 2016. That's like the anniversary of you telling Edgar, Edgar Quintero that he had a, like a douchey haircut. It is pretty much that, that anniversary. So <laughs> That's um, Frank Edler, man. He's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to make this other Bazong podcast. And now I don't have to worry about talking about books and beer anymore. Because I'm going to be talking about Bazongs. All the bizzes and all the ongs. Uh, um. Listen, we have left. We have left one podcast. I mean, we were on Crime Wave. I know it wasn't our our podcast, but did we, we did Crime it? Wave for a while. And I mean, I, I did it just stop? Is there no more Crime Wave at all? I haven't looked, but um, I don't. I don't know. I believe that something has happened since we stopped hosting it. It was just one of those kind of like we kind of ghosted on each other, like Seth Harewoods and uh, on one side, and us on the other side, just like kind of both. Just kind of naturally drifted away. You know, it's nice. This also happened with Nora at the bar, Chicago. And you're right. This is beautiful because there were no awkward conversations <laughs> to have on anyone's part. Nobody had to be like, we don't want to do this anymore. And people have to say, like, we don't want you to do this anymore. It just very quietly dies off. Yeah. Just naturally. Like, mm-hmm. like, um, like you realize that you're not in love anymore. It's the perfect breakup. Like, it's something that never happens in real life because, like, we don't have to make that eye contact over the internet. It's just. Cool. I wonder if I could just stop watching Twin Peaks and just not show up for the view. I wonder if that's a possibility. Is that a po- that's not a possibility? No, that fuck you, man. That podcast was your, like a hundred percent your idea. Twin Peaks was your idea. Every goddamn piece of that podcast was your idea. And you know what? The Twin Peaks part's the part that's that's hurting. I mean, <laughs> it was. Listen, you want to talk about bad decisions? Tackling 20, 30 episodes and a movie. Before we got to the reason we were doing that, which was this one 18 episode season, was probably like you should have you should have reined me in a little bit there. You should have kind of said, "Nah, I'm not sure this is the right thing." Dude, who are you talking to? Like you're like you're like, "Hey Rob, we should read this book." And before I even I don't even think I'm just like, "Okay." Yeah, I know. So when you're like, I "Hey know. Rob, we should do this podcast," I'm like, "All right." And I love Twin Peaks. You're the one that doesn't like Twin Peaks. I'm I'm fucking enjoying the hell out of this. By the way. Frank Edler says, uh, listen to Bazong, which is, I, I'm I interpreting this as uh, no more books, beer, and bullshit. 
Um, I'm going to take a stab at that. There wasn't even a conversation, but him and Jeff just like stopped. Just like we were talking about. It was probably yeah. like a real nice kind of floated away from each yep. other. Hey, fat and a, that's what happened to fat and a, other friends of ours. And it happens. Yeah, yeah. Well, fat and a still posts on Facebook it, yeah, as, as recently as today. <laughs> that's sus highly suspect behavior. Yeah, by the way, for you, you can't post as a podcast without podcasting. It was an ad for for selling golden shovels. Does that mean anything to you? I don't know. So. Uh yeah, because I watch Twin Peaks. Frank Edler says, "I remain in awe of your ability to schedule your lives around booked weekly. This was impossible with BBBS." I mean, that's fair. I. It, it, I don't even think it's a big deal anymore. And I'm not trying to say that like, oh, uh, you know, but people are like, you guys do this, done this every week for six years. And I'm like, yeah, I think we've skipped like maybe three weeks in that six years. Maybe. So Sometimes it was 10 days between episodes. I'm not going to say it was like clockwork, like seven days all the time. But here, here's, I mean, like Libya's when, when people ask you how often or, or how you, how you read as much as you do, and you kind of broke it down at that one point, explaining to people like an hour a day, right? I um, I mean, really what it comes down to is I know how much time I have to finish a book. I look at the page count. I just plan for a page a minute. And, and then I schedule, you know, I just try to like plan it out in my head. Like, okay, you know, 45 minutes for, you know, the four days I'm working and then my day off, I put in two hours or whatever. And that's going to get me the whole book done or something along those lines, pretty much. Um, so here's my thought. Um, how many hours are in a week? Should I ask Siri? You should, but how I'm guessing it's like 166. 168 hours. And how many hours does it take to do our podcast? Like, if we if we weren't re like reading a book, if we were just mm -hmm. doing the podcast part of it, how long? It's two hours for you, one hour for me. Two. All right. So let's say just to be generous, it takes three hours. That's. Almost two percent of a week. It's more than so like, I thought it was. <laughs> if you if you could if you could think about like taking two percent of your time and putting it towards something, I mean, it's really I'm, what I'm getting at is it's not that difficult. Like it's not a huge um, uh, commitment of time. But I think what what it comes down to is like what's the priority in your life. So if other things take better bigger priority, or if you have two podcasts and suddenly you're like, wait, this is four percent of my week you might choose one over the other. And, and I know Frank outside of, um, you know, a little bit of contact here and there, like we've talked online. I know he has a family and he has a job, you know, we have jobs, but he has a family. He's got children and stuff, yeah. but you, you say priority and this is not to slam anybody. It's really not to slam anybody else. I turn down shit. I say things like, nope, got to do a podcast. Nope. Got to finish reading this book. And I turn down, I don't say like they're cool offers or whatever, but you know what I mean? Like, Trump's like, like you Hey, how about see Tuesday? The White House? Yeah. They're like, hey, how about Tuesday? I'm like, mm, gotta record a podcast. Yeah. Like, that's it. Like, that's my and, and and when I have things that I'm responsible for, I'm just very much like that too. I just I say this is when I'm gonna do it. My plan is to get take the steps to get it done by that particular day. Does that happen all the time? Yeah, all the time, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, like 95% of the time, I'm able to do exactly that. Yeah. Um booked has I mean, always been very important to me since all right, not always. It's like episode seven or eight. I think it's probably when it started being like important. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I agree. Like, and and for me, 
and, and we have like this touchy feely story and all that kind of stuff about why booked matters to us. But um, <clears throat> I'll take Livius's kind of point about um, uh, turning things down for the podcast. I'm going to turn it a little bit in the other direction. I do the same thing where I turn things down for the podcast, but it's more like an excuse to say no to things that I really just don't want to do anyway, which is kind of nice. <laughs> but um, going back to the comments, uh, Frank says there are already double the number of Bazong episodes than BBBS. So dot, dot, dot. I guess what he's getting at is he's still putting out content, which is really mm-hmm. kind of the important thing. I think what he's trying to say is it was the co-host that was the issue. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to put words in his mouth. I mean, that's, what it like to me. that's exactly what you're doing. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go retro. Hold on a second, because you said you know we we're talking about. I guess I said about when it became important to me. I can pinpoint the fucking to the week. I should say because I'm not sure exactly when this happened, but I already know what you're gonna say. But please continue. I, oh no! Oh, oh, hold on a second. I'd, I'd love to hear this one. Oh wait, wait, wait. So wait, wait. Finish your thought though, because I want to make sure I'm thinking of what you're thinking. I have about. I have an episode. I am looking at the date that we posted an episode. Now I don't remember how many days before that we we recorded this episode, but I can tell you. To the week. Which one it is. It was the Neil Smith interview. You are correct. Yeah. Absolutely. You are correct. So I can tell you that sometime during the week of June 8th, 2011, this podcast became important to me. <laughs> um, if it ever becomes not important to you, by the way, Comrade Chrome did comment, I'll take Liv's place when Rob moves to California permanently. Yeah, we started with us not being in the same state. And at that time, we didn't know if yeah. you were moving back. For, I mean, we knew you weren't going to live in Vermont, but we didn't know if you were going to be moving back to Chicago. So yeah. that's the beauty of the internet is that we could do this from anywhere in the world. It would be rough. Like, I, I, I got to give Bob Pastorella and, and uh, Michael Wilson props because there's a, like a six-hour time difference. And I know there's times where Pastorella's like, it's like one in the morning getting ready to record this interview. And I'm like, ah, I'll be asleep for like three hours by the time you get around to that. Is, wait, is Wilson back in Europe now? Because I thought he was in Japan again. Oh, I don't know how many hours. Yeah, maybe he's in Japan. I don't. It's whatever, six, seven hours. I don't know what the. Yeah, but yeah, that's. A well, I mean, tough. if it's Japan though, like it's like a thirteen-hour difference or something like that, which makes it even worse if you think about that's it. Because it's yeah, yeah. So um, those guys have commitment for Rob and I. It's a. Uh, the two-hour time frame isn't too bad. It's a little early for him, and sometimes it's a little late for me because I'm an old man and I go to sleep early. And he's like getting home and doesn't always have a chance to eat before we record. But eh. yeah. it would really be ideal if you were in California and I was in Illinois. <clears throat> oh yeah, because you are you're an, yeah you're a night owl. Because I'm a night yeah you're a morning yeah. Yeah. you're old. I was uh, on. <laughs> I edited the view. I started at 6:45 a.m. On my day off on Wednesday. And honestly, I had somewhere to be, I had somewhere to be at 11. So I don't want to say like, oh, I had all day. Like I had to get it done and take a shower and stuff. But I woke up, I looked at the clock. It was like six. I was like, ah, I'm going to lay in bed for a little bit. Scrolled through Facebook, read the news, looked at like the deal of the day sites. And I was like, I should just go edit this podcast. And I had it done, I think by quarter to eight. That's, that's insane. So, Hey, since we're talking uh, with Frank, um, among other people, and it's the Lazy Summer of Podcasting. Why haven't we had him on to the podcast to talk about shit? To talk about whatever the hell Bizong is? Probably because we haven't asked him. So I think, Rob, why, 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 he... why don't you extend? Why don't you extend a very public offer to him right now? I think I'm going to extend an ultimatum. Motherfucker, like, you know how this works. We basically include anybody who even, you know, expresses the the most vague of interest in what's going on so why haven't you been like hey guys let's do an episode together 
Why not, you son of a bitch? We'll wait patiently for his answer. No, we won't. Yeah. I'd be happy to have the Frank delay. on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, happy to have Frank on. Um, I, I, I don't want people to think, though, that that's just how it works, that everybody should immediately ask. Um, but I, I've been a big fan of uh, Frank's for a long time, so he's been a good friend of our podcast. I really don't think we're going to get a lot of people that are like, I need to be on a podcast. There's like... There's the listener type person, and then there's like the podcaster type person, and we probably know way more listeners than podcasters. Although I really am excited about the idea of having Comrade Chrome on as as a host for the podcast. I don't know why this is happening to me. Look, what look, you, you thought I was kidding about me just watching Tucker Carlson. Oh, God damn it, man. Seriously. Why is this happening? I was trying uh, to get that on the iPad like you were doing, and it's not it's, working. I mean, it's working for me just fine, but I haven't had a comment from either of those guys in like six minutes. So you think it's because the iPad is close to a Windows machine? Yeah. Okay. That's got to be it. Are we still broadcasting? It says we're yeah. broadcasting. Six watching right now. Anyway, um, yeah, we're still looking for things to do in the Lazy Summer podcasting. I do know that we have to. Uh, oh God, I'm halfway through this bottle. Uh, <laughs> what's uh? Goddamn, who's the guy? And we talked to in California. Um, that was on that panel with us that we're going to talk about having on. Alex Hoffelich? Hoffelich, the guy from uh, um, uh, the Pseudopod. Yeah, yeah. see, I, I was pretending to drink so I didn't have to try to remember <laughs> what it was. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Um, Hold on, I'm doing another device just to make sure that like streaming is working for people. Alex Hoffelich, the guy from... Uh, yeah, it's working on my uh, iPhone. So, so I'll have to reach out to him, but yeah. We're going to do a few interviews. Um, we have a couple ideas. <laughs> Rob has an idea. I don't think we're going to roll out unless you want to crowdsource it and see if it's a good idea. Do you remember what you approached me with the other day? Nope. <laughs> Apparently, no you must have been looking for stock photos for something for work. I'm oh, guessing. my God. That's such a good idea. Hey, uh, in the comments, all right, uh, in the comments, tell us if this is a good idea because I think this is brilliant. So for my job, one of the things that I have to do is I have to find photos to go along with training things and um and so i spend a, a good amount of my time looking at like adobe stock and shutterstock and other you know stock photography websites and sometimes the search terms turn up really confusing results and so i thought it would be fun to take very common words and search for them and talk about the, the unexpected results so you can tell us if that's a terrible idea like calling something the hot seat or a good idea, um, but but in the meantime, Misty says we're still broadcasting, which is good. Comrade Chrome says, if um, if I was on, me and Rob would talk about beer and Liv would be bored out of his mind, which is very accurate. Um, Misty likes the idea. Can I tell you what my concern is about the idea? This is my genuine concern. Like we'll stumble onto good Amazon reviews for something because it's not like planned. Like we never have those pulled up ahead of once in a while. Like if you looked at something, you'd be like, this is a really crazy comment, but it's always like we wind up looking at what that person said about some socks they bought, which is the best stuff. I'm almost afraid oh, yeah. that if we sit down to do stock photography, we won't find a goddamn thing. Like it almost has to happen in such a way where we accidentally have to look up stock photography and then yeah. it would probably be gold. But if we plan to do it, I think we're going to have, um, so you just think that we're just going to be mining, like a, you know, and not not getting anything good is what you're saying. Like that's my fear. I mean, so you, maybe you for four like, hours and just edit out the, the, you know, the good stuff or edit in <laughs> the good stuff or whatever. But yeah, 
it could have been an anomaly when I was actually when I searched for the word crutches on Adobe stock and there was like women holding up magnifying glasses to their cooch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, technically it's a crotch. I mean, it is a crotch. So. Did you misspell? Did you misspell crutch? <laughs> Shit. If that's the entire, if, if that's the, the crux of our premise is me misspelling a word, that's kind of almost better in a way. But that's um, true. let's see. Frank Edler says, are we going to get drunk live tonight? And Misty says, uh, Gigi Mon, I was dying laughing at the part of the mystical creatures episode. Mythical creatures episode. Not mystical, mythical. It's like the Gigi Mon stuff. Was, yeah. Yeah. So like if we could find if we had a reliable source for that type of stuff, which like either A means that we would be like super lucky with the way that we explore the internet, or B, we would have to have like some sort of internet like monkey who just like goes around and finds us funny stuff and feeds it to us so that we can have our natural reactions to it without having to go through all the, like the shit that doesn't, isn't funny. You know, it's fucked up about that though. You talk about misspelling things and um, how quickly, and they could be typos, but mostly seem like misspellings. Like I, I belong to, I'll give you an ex a good example. Um, I belong to a couple of like investment groups. So these are people who, allegedly at least are, are you know throwing money at, at things and trying to make money and you know and, and again like anything else you can have intelligent ones and not intelligent ones and i'll start reading like a comment thread and i'll be like "Ooh, i think this person is onto something and i'm like up oh, and they use the wrong there so it completely discredits whatever other information is somehow even oh. though the rest of the information i'm like yeah yeah this is a good idea and then i'm like oh yeah but they completely misspelled like the word investment and it's like N not a typo like it, it's completely a different word like they use the wrong word almost for yeah here's what i will say though that i i i'm gonna come out as saying that education like like your degrees do not correlate to your level of like intelligence in any way at all oh, absolutely because i in my retail experience have worked with people on the entire spectrum of you know i guess you would say success but also of general intelligence and um, one does not necessarily imply the other. I've talked to lawyers that are, that are successful, you know, uh, people who are just borderline, like I, I hate to use the word, but they're practically retarded. And, and the same thing with like doctors, uh, like if you put a doctor in front of a computer, you're almost guaranteed to get frustrated at how stupid they are. Like, yeah, and and but yeah, that comes down to their experts in their field. So we can flip that around, and and maybe I, I'm not saying me. I really don't feel this way, but you know, like mechanics, for example, are not typically thought of as like super intelligent people. That's so racist. But they might they know a ton about how to get your car running and running the right way, even if maybe they don't spell things so well, or maybe they don't understand um, concepts that somebody who's maybe uh, had more schooling or or just more interest like. Yeah, I had some college, but I read up on a lot of shit that interests me, like a lot, you know, so I, I, I'm well versed in some topics that I didn't learn in school that some other people may or may not know. And I'm not I'm not an, an expert in any field, to be quite frank. Um, but I, I, I enjoy frank talking Edler. to people who know. Yes, to be quite frank, Edler, I enjoy talking to people who know more about me <laughs> than um, about subjects I'm interested in. because I always think I can learn something from them. So your occupation doesn't always imply intelligence, but hopefully if you're good at your occupation, like you're a really good doctor, 
even if you're not really good at like basic math. Yeah. That's I a hundred percent agree with you. Computer. Cause yeah. I run into that myself too. Um, I want to just take a little bit of a pause because now we have several people that are listening and watching. Um, just to remind everybody that Livius has dubbed this the Rob AMA. <laughs> so I don't know what that exactly any, means. Any input from Rob. Rob yeah. will answer any question that you ask him. I will answer any question. I am not making any claims to the uh, the truth of, of my answer. AMA uh, stands for Ask Me Anything. I also have yeah. been listening to the Halloween Spooktacular in which I found out that not everybody understands what creepypasta is, which leads me to believe that AMA is not something that everybody understands. And I will tell you, all the anger I felt during that episode, <laughs> I found again just bubbling up with just anger. Like re-listening to it? Oh, God. Oh, that's great. I had to turn it off. The last thing I hear is me going, <laughs> I could fucking hate you guys. <laughs> like, that's how I was like, I can't listen to this anymore because I'm just angry again. See, now, like, I, I, I'm not going to say, I'm not I'm not victim shaming here in any way, but I feel like had you maybe been more explicit with your instructions about things or or maybe had more of a like a back and forth dialogue about like hey this is what we're talking about or i don't know like i just feel like that that you could have properly that i asked more... for it rob that i asked for it is that yeah. what you're saying that i yeah. asked for it i didn't yeah. ask I mean, for the it, way rob. the way you were dressed <laughs> um i just assumed cuz you guys all, all three of you that are on that podcast anybody who's been on this podcast with us is younger than than me so I always assume that anybody that's younger than me has a better understanding of the internet than I do because that's how it works. That's, I mean, yeah, but like you have such a weird kind of that's, narrow, like you focus on uh, on very specific things in a way that I, I think that most people don't. Um, but it, I mean, to your credit, we should have fucking known. <laughs> Okay. I will say that. I, I, I will accept so. this is I'm you are I think that we're okay now. Like that's all yeah. I needed. That's all that's, I needed yeah. to hear. We should have fucking known better. Two years. It's been. like especially since like I've been so close with you for so long to not understand like the basics of creepypasta means that like I was neglecting something in our relationship. I want to take it to the comments on YouTube really quick just to yep. say Comrade Chrome uh, is embracing the whole AMA kind of uh, uh, feeling by asking, is that a purple vibrator on your nightstand? um why yes it is it's where how do you even know oh you're talking about rob never mind yeah wait do you see a purple vibrator in my life somewhere i i'm circling it on the screen which you can't see yeah. whatever it is that's to the right of uh, your lamp uh kind of um more like an like an anal tickler like there vibrator yes right there that is uh, sunscreen it is a blue bottle of sunscreen and if anybody challenges me on that i can walk across the room and bring it over here, but it is definitely sunscreen. Um, Frank Edler says, is there a monetary value that could be reached to get Rob to shave the beard? I I know, Rob. There is. It's not one that anybody's willing to put up. Here's the trick, and this is something that I've really battled myself about, and I feel like uh, at some point it might end up being kind of along the lines of like a... Um, like abusive relationship kind of thing. Uh, a friend of mine, a very close friend of mine is getting married at the end of August. And I'm, I'm in the, I'm one of the groomsmen. I'm the best man. And one of the requirements of the bride 
is to have a much, much, much shorter beard. I know who you're talking about, and I and I don't know them well, so I don't want to say like these are people I hang out with or whatever. But really, that's yeah. that's weird. I, I, it's not just weird. Is this just to get you? Does she not like the beard? Like you with the I, beard specifically? Is that uh, no? I think that the idea is like she doesn't want like somebody walking down the aisle looking like a goddamn like monster. But the restriction is really strict. It's like a quarter of an inch of hair. Oh. I was going to say, I could see, and, and this is nothing against you, but you, I, I don't, I don't, ha I'm not under the impression that you do a lot of grooming for your beard. Am I, am I correct? Like, I mean, you don't trim it really. You just kind of let it do its thing. Oh, dude, I do. So I was going to say, I mean, if you were to like, you know, I could see her saying, Hey, you know, can you round it out or something? But uh, 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 did you say a quarter inch? Yeah. It's that's practically a, no hair. That's what you've got. Yeah. That When it gets to a quarter inch, I trim mine because I'm not a fucking monster, but, uh, <laughs> But yeah, wow. I get what you're saying. I you. So I'm torn because like I I, I don't want to be the person that disrupts a wedding, even if I think that the requirement is completely insane. Which I believe I, it is. I um as a as a Sagittarius and as a man, <laughs> I would have to say that if I were the groom in that situation, I would have to put my foot down and say that. God damn it. Go. That was really good. That was that was really good. That was so good. The, the gentleman in question, I share the same birthday. Yeah, which is why I threw that out. So there. I don't. Oh God, I don't think nobody else did. Unless that I'm not going to name any names. Unless that person is listening, they would also have understood. So um, follow ups here. Frank Edler says, "Don't underestimate a bridezilla." Uh. Comrade Chrome says, fuck that noise. I'm going to my cousin's wedding in a week with a beard. In the middle of my chest, the sides are groomed, though, which I'm I'm really rocking good sides right now. Um, Comrade Miller Chrome says, is also going to wear a tank top and sandals, too, to that wedding. I would love Just to see him in a tank top, so. by the way. I've never <laughs> seen that before. So, Frank Gather, O-Rab, as Kip Winger. Kip Winger? From wait, Winger. From the band Winger? Yeah. Can't get enough. I'm still hungry. Cheers of Kip Winger. She's only 17. Kip Winger is now a Grammy-nominated classical Here's musician. Here's images of Kip Winger I found on the web. Oh yeah, there's not a lot of beard hair there. Um, you already said, Rob. Did we talk no, about this on podcast? Kip Winger is now a Grammy-nominated classical musician. I was not aware of that. Yeah, no. last year's Grammys, he was nominated. Nominated. Well, but I mean, that's like the top five people, right? Or whatever yeah. get nominated. So I have to say, yeah. although the pool's a little smaller than it is for, say, you know, just like pop music or rock music or whatever, there's probably not a lot of people making new classical music. Right, because most of the people who play classical music just play the classical music. Yeah. I mean, they don't like, compose. Like, yeah. like, like Bach was not also nominated because he's dead. Oh, uh, Comrade Chrome... Uh, says jeans and my only button-down shirt. That's what he's going to be wearing. Nice. I mean, perfect. Uh, I'm, I endorse that. Uh, Edler says, is there a rationale for the one-fourth inch threshold, or is it totally arbitrary? Uh, I don't know. Um, I'm just I think Justin, when Justin Timberlake grows a beard, that's a quarter inch, so that might be it. Yeah, that could be it. It could be like, yeah, there's like those guys who just can't grow a beard, and like that's as much. So maybe she's trying to be 
inclusive to the people who can't have beards. Like everybody feels equal. I don't know. But anyway, here's what's going to happen. And I'm going to do nothing to stop this. I'm going to have a quarter inch of beard hair and the, and the, and the skin is going to be like, there's going to be a tan. You, you get what I'm, oh, you know what I'm going at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like the skin and the quarter inch of beard region is going to be really white. When was the last time you didn't have a beard? It hasn't been since I've known you. And I think we're going on 15 years now, maybe. I've always had at least something here. Okay. The smallest it's gotten is probably back in like, like late 2000s, like 2007 or eight. Like it got pretty short for like, I remember I did a Halloween. One Halloween I was um, Walter from the Big Lebowski. And in order to get the right beard, I had to trim things down. But um, yeah. Like it's so funny that, that I just had this conversation with somebody. The only time I've shaved my mustache, the only time ever, and it started growing when I was 14, was Halloween. And that's it was Halloween, I was, yeah. I was doing a face paint thing and it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> happening. So I shaved <laughs> and I immediately let it grow back. So literally yeah. there was nothing here for like a day and a half. <laughs> Comrade Chrome says, so she's Viking shaming. I think that's what it comes down to, is that she's basically uh viking shaming um but here's the thing like i could make a big deal out of this but it's my homie's wedding and i just want to you know i want to be a good dude for him so i think now i i'm not uh, i'm not a specifically a huge fan of like big beards um but i would here's what i would do there's that picture you were using Maybe no, it's not. I would say it's not on Gmail. You were using it as your Facebook profile picture for a while. You're where you're rocking that vest. Yeah, dude. I would submit that photo and be like, because you looked, you've never looked better, in my opinion. That was yeah. The panties around the world were all dropping simultaneously yeah. Yeah. when that yeah when yep. that photo was taken. Um, I agree, and I did have a much smaller beard then. Yeah, but much being like relative it was, term. wasn't a quarter inch. It was more than a quarter inch. And then the other thing, the only other uh, possibility that I've entertained is that she doesn't want me sleeping with the bridesmaids, and so she wants me to have a shitty beard so that they're less likely to want to have, have sex with me. So why is she cock-blocking so, you? That's weird. I don't know. You would think that she'd want to be guiding my cock. <laughs> I don't know what the opposite of cock-blocking is. So. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not whatever not you just said. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> Who knows? How did we get on this? I don't even know. You're muted again. How did you get muted? The ask me anything is going fucking wonderfully. That's mm. how we got on this. That's right. That's right. Um, so yeah. Oh, because Frank Adler asked. Um, so basically, Frank, I guess the the answer, if we want to circle back to the original question, is um, like the the cost is my devotion to you as a friend. He's really like, I'm actually putting out a lot of money to be in this wedding. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll explain this. So, um, Rob had this wonderful opportunity to spend this time in California for his work and advance his career a little bit and I just live in California on somebody else's dime, basically. Um, but uh, because of the podcast, he had to choose. He could either be back in time for this wedding or he could do something for the podcast not be in time for the wedding, but have to put out money to come back just for the wedding and then return back for one week, right? Is it one week that you have to? Yeah. Yeah. 
So when we talk about the podcast being important to us, a, a lot of that has to do with with what we just said. Also, Rob wanted to hang out with his besties in, in Long Beach, too. So I'll, I'll put some of that on Misty and Jesse as well. Um, that's fair. And actually, I don't even know if I told you how uh, insane my August is going to be, but it just got even more insane. So uh, aside from the first weekend in August, every single weekend, I will be flying to the Midwest. So the weekend of August 11th is the bachelor party. So I'm flying back for that and then flying back to California to work for a week. The following week is, and um, very few people know this because I just figured it out. I found out yesterday. Um, there's a brewery called Toppling Goliath who releases certain beers that are very, very rare and hard to come by. And I entered a lottery in order to be able to uh, uh, attend one of their releases which was available for only 2000 people. And I won the lottery. I was kind of hoping I wouldn't because if I didn't win the lottery, I didn't have to plan a trip around it. So now I have to fly out to Iowa the weekend of the 19th to attend a beer release, fly back, work for a week. The following weekend is the wedding that I have to fly out for, fly back, work for a week. And then I'm done in California and I'm flying back to come back home. That's four continuous weeks of, of flying to the Midwest. Listen, I get it for, for your friend's wedding. And I respect that the, the beer thing. I just don't like, and, and I just want to explain one of the reasons, like you say you won a lottery, you won a lottery to have the right to pay them a lot of money to buy the beer. So you didn't win. Like, like you just get to go there and they just present you with a 12 pack of ultra rare beer or something. Cause I'd be like, Oh, that's really cool. No, you're going to, you want a lottery to go there, and I'm just going to assume you're going to drop like 300 bucks on beer, which will probably come out to enough beer for about five people to get drunk once. No, so um, it's you're gonna. This is going to be even more oh, infuriating for you. Yep. Four 12 ounce bottles, two glasses, and a shot glass plus one pour at the brewery of the beer that's being released. What is a pour? What does that mean? Uh, it's like a the shot glass. That you're filling up like two and a half, two and a half ounces of beer, like a pour of it. They're pouring it for me. And uh, can I ask what the cost is? Minus the the air, airplane ticket and hotel room. <laughs> Hundred bucks. All right, that's not that bad though. I mean, like I, I thought you were going to throw out a, a much heftier price tag because you get like you said three glasses, right? A shot glass and two glasses, so you get some commemorative yeah. Yeah, glassware. Glass you get four beers, and then you get whatever one. It's just weird. Like you're all the way there. You think they'd be like, "Here's your glass," but no, you're telling me they're actually going to give you like. Right. Well, I get the four bottles that I can drink later. I, yes. No, I, I yes, yeah. I know what you mean. Right. I got you. No, it's, that's that, that's yeah. not that bad, and and. Or something along those lines, not beer, obviously. I, I would probably, I don't know if I, I wouldn't fly. I know I wouldn't fly to Iowa for that. But yeah, I, I could see doing that. hundred bucks is meh. It's a hundred bucks. Like. So it's more of, um, it's more of uh, the rarity. And like, so realistically, I could probably take one of those bottles and sell it and recoup my entire cost for the trip and still have three left. I strongly urge that you do that. Yeah. Oh. But anyway, uh, so that's the thing. I, I was kind of hoping that it wouldn't happen, but it did. So I'd be kind of, it would be, it would be kind of dumb not to. But it's it's one of those things, yeah. Like it's probably so. I've never done something that is this extreme in the beer world, and I probably never will again. 
because it is i'll acknowledge that this is just ridiculous but at the same time it's an experience so i can tell people hey i, I attended a, a morning delight release there you go so um back to youtube really quick uh comrade chrome uh in the ama has asked hooked up with any fruit shop girls while out there question mark um I know what that means. It took me, I was going to ask, but yeah. I figured it out. Yeah. Uh, that's an easy one. Nope. No. Well, now you're, you're, we're in again, not, not to expand into this, but you're working with a very small group of people, like on a daily basis, right? This isn't mm -hmm. like your normal thing where you have exposure to lots of people. Like you're working in like an office environment with the same you know, four or five people or something, right? Yeah. The, the, the department that I'm working in probably consists about, 20 people, but I interact with maybe six or seven on a regular basis. Um, and I sit in a cubicle and probably 70% of my day, I don't talk to anybody at all. I'm by myself. Now, I mean, I've done a lot of um, kind of social things outside of work. And I've, I've really, I've met a bunch of people and I've gone out and done like, you know, some fun stuff. But my focus out here isn't just like, knocking up the, the, the whole of the California, you know, female population. I'm more focused on things that are, you know, life experiences that I haven't had an opportunity to do in the Midwest. So, so, so no real offers is what you're saying. Nothing's yeah. It's yeah. Dry out here. <laughs> I'm experiencing a drought in California that is equal to the drought that California has been experiencing for years. So I have a question again, kind of unrelated to you and I do, a similar thing for work. We'll call it that, right? Like you're on your feet all day and you're kind of like walking around talking to people and stuff. Um, and I know you've done office work for a long time. How, how are you finding sitting in a cubicle by yourself like better, worse? I mean, I know you have an end in mind, but let's pretend that that's not the case. Like this is your new gig. Or have you adjusted well to it or, or do you miss kind of just being on your feet and talking to people? Um, that's a good question. So I would say that on the day to day, I really enjoy it um, because in, <laughs> let's say in my normal job, I, I don't feel like I'm very intellectually challenged. <laughs> and in this job, I am very highly intellectually challenged. And, and so the, the change for me has been like how to how I engage people like as far as like physical activity and stuff like that, I'm offsetting the fact that I sit in a desk all day by the fact that, you know, I'm much more active with like how I get places. Like I walk a lot more and, you know, things like that. So I offset my sedentary work lifestyle with, with more activity outside of work, but I feel like eh, on the day to day, yeah, it's, it's more fulfilling because it's just more fun and it's more challenging, but like also more free. Like I, I really do almost whatever I want to on a daily basis. It's pretty nice. I, uh, that's really cool. Cause my, my thought, you know, we were talking about what you're doing there and stuff and I, I can't stand sitting in the office. I mean, I have those days where I'm like, all right, I need to buckle down. I've got like three or four hours. I've set my, I've set it up where I don't have to really be disturbed. And those days drive me fucking crazy. Like I'm uncomfortable and I, I'm bored just not being able to just be up and about the whole time. Um, not that I don't, it's not that I enjoy what I'm doing. It's not that I hate what I'm doing when I'm doing it. Just that whole being still like, this is the longest I've been still today. You and I got on half an hour early to try to get this thing going. This is the most <laughs> I've sat all day. Yeah. And I really find that I don't like sitting. This might sound a little weird. Uh, I, I like, I'm fine with standing and I stand eight to 10 hours a day sometimes. Um, 
and then I lay down. If it's on the couch or on the recliner or in bed, I don't do a lot of the sitting. The in-between state? Yeah, seriously, <laughs> and I'm just not super comfortable doing it. So I, I, I don't know how long it would take me to adapt to doing that, say, six, seven, eight hours a day, but the thought is horrifying to me. Yeah. Um, if it were a long-term thing, there actually are... Um, basically anybody can have a, a sitting slash standing desk. So you can have the, like, it's like a motorized desk that like it'll adjust its height for you. And so I would definitely do a standing desk probably 60% of the time I was there. But I mean, I just kind of punctuate my day with like, there's a Starbucks two, two blocks away. And so I'll, you know, when I feel like I need to get up and move around, pull out my phone, pop on the Starbucks app, and then I order the drink, and that means that I've got four minutes to go over and walk and pick it up and walk back. So, like, I yeah, as the boringest shit we've ever talked about on Booked, but, um, yeah, like, I, I punctuate my day with activity when I need to. But overall, like, uh, on the mental side of things, like, it's such a refreshing, like, change of pace. So, so good. I, and I can imagine, because I know what you do, and, and I, like I said, you and I have similar, I mean, a lot of parts of our job are, are very, and we've talked about this, you know, off the air and stuff, how we do very similar things, and yeah, I'm not really challenged by a lot of the conversations I have during the course of the day, yeah. <laughs> I mean, with my coworkers and stuff, I mean, there's, I'm, I'm kind of training and developing and overseeing and, and, and sometimes just flat out yelling at somebody that, that works for me, but um, the other part, the customer interaction is is tedious for the most part. <laughs> Sorry, still getting over a cold. So, that's the first cough in quite a while. I feel good about that. I still can't get on the YouTube on the on the thing on the the thing the iPad. So I'm just gonna watch a Tucker. Oh, Tucker Carlson loads just fine. I don't oh, know if you guys man. can we can we talk about this? Holy shit, that happened! Oh yeah. Um, he's not. He's not out. Um, I, I don't remember. It's like in a month or something. So when that time is up, he will be able. He will be released, barring unforeseen circumstance. Can I just say how relieved I am about this? About OJ getting parole? Yeah. Do you realize that for the last nine years, nobody has been looking for the real killers, and now OJ can resume his search? Uh. Hang on. Yeah, do you realize that for the last nine years... It's still active. I, 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 on the iPad, I can't. And I'm signed in as me because I don't use the iPad for book stuff, so I don't know why I can't. Anyway. Maybe it's because you're signed in as you. I don't know, but like... All like, I'm saying, all I'm saying, Rob, is that if OJ can get back on, on the path to finding Nicole Simpson's real killer, the world will be a safer place. And motherfucker, really, she was killed when I was in high school. No, like I had my 20th reunion. No one's looking into the Nicole Simpson murder. Zero people. I know. I don't know if you realize this because you may have been a little young to pay attention to it at the time, but he vowed when he when he was acquitted to to never stop searching for the real killer. And that's where that 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 I'm relieved that someone will be finally looking. <sighs> Did you hear anything about how people think that he's like doing weird shit like robbing people for memorabilia because of like concussions and shit that he got from football? Like, can someone sue the NFL? Whoa, that was really loud. Oh shit! Um, yeah, you're. Yeah, that was really loud. Um, I think you're still muted, but Comrade Chrome says OJ did a lot more time for that burglary charge than most people would have. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the thing with the memorabilia, I, I mean, the guy was basically broke, and I think that he saw an opportunity to get back what he thinks is rightfully his, um, not legally, maybe, but rightfully his, and uh, and he took it and got busted. But yeah, I, I don't... Nine years, man. I mean, that was definitely... So I did hear tonight, because I was listening to uh, Fox Wait, News. was it robbery? Was it an armed robbery? And kidnapping. And All right, so kidnapping... Yeah, but the, but the kidnapping was they they grabbed somebody. It, it wasn't kidnapping like for ransom. That's what they call it when you hold someone against their will, which was right. I'm not sure what all the details were, but I think it was like the security guard at the place where the memorabilia was. Like they didn't let him leave while they stole shit. Um, <laughs> that's kidnapping. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, but that you know, we say kidnapping. What do we picture? Right? We picture the what's that guy's name? That uh, that Irish actor. A certain set of skills that's got to get someone back. Liam Neeson? Yeah, Liam ne- yeah, that's, that's <laughs> kid- when we think of kidnapping, that's what we think. What was the Mel Gibson movie? Where, where he hunts- right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, in theory, if you're holding up a liquor store, you know, you're not letting the clerk leave. That could also theoretically be kidnapping if you're going to consider it in the same way it was considered in the OJ Simpson case. True. Um, yeah, that was a little bit of payback. But, oh, so when I was listening to Fox News earlier, reputable source for news. Um, yeah, he I heard their fair and balance. He was offered a plea bargain to do 30 months. And he risked it risked it because he thought he could get off and wound up doing nine fucking years. Dude, think about his track record, though. Like, he got away with murder. Who wouldn't be like, yeah, I'm going to go to trial? I, uh, yeah, I, okay. I, there is, there's, there's not. Um, legally, he was not convicted of that charge. Uh, he was financially though. What's the other one called? Not the the when you don't have a criminal case, you have a civil civil, civil suit. Civil, yeah, civil. He was found like liable, liable in civil, like all right. in civil court. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I'm going to take a pause and we're going to go to YouTube really quick because Frank Adler says no one is looking for no Nicole Simpson's murderer question mark. They just confirmed one of the victims from the John Wayne Gacy murders. Is he trying to tell us that John Wayne Gacy killed Nicole Simpson? <laughs> because I don't even I'm, think that like I'm emailing OJ right now <laughs> him that this is where he should be looking. This is a hot fucking lead. Frank Hitler just told us <laughs> that John Wayne Gacy killed his wife. I think Gacy was already in prison way before Nicole Simpson was murdered. But I mean, you never know. Did you ever see The Rock? They just let Sean Connery go out and hang out in a park. <laughs> That shit's got to happen all the time in prison. That's, yeah. Yeah. So at any rate, there's that in the news today. And then the lead singer of Linkin Park killed himself. Straight up suicide. Now, uh, I'm not I, I'm not making light of this because it's terrible. Okay. Anybody does that, fuck them. Because like that, that's just it's a super selfish thing to do. So I will say that. And I'm not ridiculing him or whatever. Obviously, I would imagine um, it wasn't a financial crisis because he's probably pretty well off. Um, he obviously had some emotional issues, but I read somewhere that he was really close friends, and I may get this name wrong because I'm not I'm not a fan of either of these bands. Chris Cornell, is that yeah, right? Chris Cornell, yeah. He killed himself earlier this year. Yeah, by the same method, hanging, right? Yes. That's a little weird to me that two people who are friends, <laughs> both musicians from different bands and whatever, and whatever challenges successful, they had, yeah, I don't know how. Successful. I don't know how. Um, you know, I, I don't know what their what their lives were, what they were going with. But like I said, I know Linkin Park has a new album because the local local radio station is playing the one song on repeat apparently, like once an hour. 
So I know there's new Linkin Park that just came out. Um, but ah, you know what I thought about? That guy's got six fucking kids, and he's younger than I am. So his kids have to be, like, most of them have to be teenagers, I would imagine. And just yeah. what a shitty thing to do to your family. Yeah. I mean, yes. Um, I've always had, like, a really tough thoughts towards um, a couple of things. Um, addiction, uh, alcoholism specifically, and suicide. I, I don't know why, but I just really take a hard edge to those where it's like, look, you're just being a dick and you need to just, you know, not be that dick. I don't know. Like, I, I, yeah. I only know <laughs> one person who killed himself and he was a family friend. It was somebody I, I when I think back was uh, someone I heard a lot about and stuff, but I'd only seen in person 10 times in my life. Maybe um, they lived in another state and there would be like visiting. And I guess when I was a baby, they lived here and you know, it was, a, it was a friend of my, my parents, my parents are godparents to that man's daughter. So that's like the, the family friendship kind of tie there. Um, and I don't know, I don't know what any of these people are going through, but I do think that, you know, you leave behind. I mean, like, how do you explain that to like, like a 15 year old kid, like your dad fucking killed himself. And then I have another question, which is going to sound like a funny question maybe. And I don't mean it this way, but I'm, I'm going to make some assumptions that both Chris Cornell and, and from what I read about this guy, this guy had struggled with drugs and alcohol from what I, and I'm saying quoting, cause that's what I read in, in an article. Um, man, why hang yourself? If you, if you already have access to drugs, no, I'm not trying to be funny, but isn't go there out. a better way to go out? Like I just go took like those 400 drugs like Valium. So or, or, you know, like three spoonfuls of heroin or whatever it is that, that does that to you. Why not go a better way than like tying the noose? And, you know, like that's... That's got to be, there's got to be some psychological reason that people choose the way that they kill themselves. Like there's got to be some sort of like, if it's X type of suicide, it's self-loathing. It's, you know, like those types of things. So there's got to be psychologically a reason for it. I thought about that a little bit too, because I thought to myself, well, if I just take a lot of drugs... Some might think I just over, I mean, I overdosed, but that I accidentally overdosed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You'll just leave a fucking note that says fuck it all. And then you right. do it. I mean, hanging, I, I mean, it's going to go conspiracy theory. I guess a hanging could be set up to look like a hanging or, or, or whatever, but a hanging really is telling someone like I did the, like, I want to make sure everyone knows right. that I killed myself like, versus like is... there being any doubt. Yeah. Right. Right. So I'm going to go to YouTube comments. Uh, newest conspiracy theory is that Cornell was going to expose a Hollywood pedo ring, pedophile ring, and was killed. And that Chester was planning on helping him do it, and he was also killed. So the pedophiles are teaming up against the uh, famous Hollywood singers. Who is who is our YouTube source on this? By the way, just because I can't it's see this. Comrade Chrome. Okay. And um, he he then followed that up with. I want to be clear about this. I'm not endorsing that theory, just sharing it. And Frank Other says Rick James struggled with drugs too. The super freak. Yeah, I mean, you know, there, there's, I, I'm not going to say I, I don't know personally, you know, from my own experience, but I, I have been close to some people that have had some very serious issues with drugs and I, and I don't, I'm, I don't make, I don't make light of the situation and, and whatever, but I, uh, I have to think that, that, you know, when you're at that level, and again, I'm not saying this, but you know, Chris Cornell probably had a house and some money and whatever, and you know, probably access to to help and stuff. Now, the the people that I have in mind right now that struggled with this problem, or we're not well off. You know what I mean? And 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 probably went through through some some pretty ugly and tough shit that I don't even want to think about. 
so there's a little bit of a difference there. I I'm afraid that you know what is your what is your level of responsibility when you're an icon, and yeah. you know I, I don't extend that to say like you have to be politically correct or you have to this or you have to that. But man, you're sending out a message to people who I, I know how passionate I am about the music that I that I love, and I'm not a musically passionate guy. So I know there are people that that maybe even are reading the news tonight and seeing this as is almost an okay like things are shitty this is an okay thing to do and that that's the fucked up part about being someone who's uh who's revered by others i mean there's no other word for yeah. it worshiped almost but by others so so like yeah and i think that that it has to come down to there is a spectrum of suicide because i can imagine situations where it totally makes sense like you're in constant agony because of like an illness or something like that. And you have no reasonable expectation that it's going to get better. Do it. I'll help you do it. Like that sounds like a situation. Well, no, like, we're talking like that Dr. Kevorkian stuff. Right, right. right. And, and, and I honestly, I don't argue against that. I think if you're of sound mind and body and you're saying I suffer so much, I don't want to suffer anymore. Like I'm, I'm behind that. Like, I just don't, I don't think that's, I mean, the suffering that, that these guys were going through had to be, I would think something that could be rectified, not, you know, fatal, you know, stage four painful cancer, yep. but like with the right they kind could, of support, they could yeah. have turned it around. Yeah. They're like, I'm really fucking sad about things. Like, that's what I see right. from, from what I've read and I don't know. Yeah. So maybe there's other things at play that I'm not aware of. So again, I'm not belittling. Their situation, I don't know what they were going through. I would just think that it's a really shitty example to set for other people. Like I said, when you've got kids who who think you're, you know, the, the cat's meow, like it's a terrible message to send. So I mean, you just said cat's meow, but um so <laughs> here so here's the thing that we have to think of the perspective that we don't have is like there could be people who were either failing to support those people properly or actively encouraging bad situations too and so like what was that a wicked cloud we got um comrade chrome on you should really impress him with uh the problem is you have such a white wall behind you that it gets kind of lost i also think on youtube um when you're talking and i mute myself because i know how annoying that oh, sound yeah. can be so mm -hmm. i think nobody sees me when i do that so you see it because the chat window that we're in like i can see you in a little box but nobody else sees you in a little box i think and, and they don't see you until you're talking i'm also pointing a lot at the tv <laughs> yeah. which looks yeah yeah so looks pretty cool, like an Uncle Sam kind of. Yeah, I want you kind of shit. Uh, can you give? Can you vape really heavy, like a good? And I'll be quiet. So talk, and I'll, I'll stop. Talking. All right, all right, all right. I feel like I'm one of my favorite <laughs> vapor viewers right now. Is that what they do? Dude, it's so funny too, because they're all like, 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 here's the device I'm reviewing, and they open it up and then like they show you how to build it if it's like a rebuildable, and then they'll be like, All right, I've got this thing sitting at 50.8 watts. Let's take it for a vape. They all like back up like in their chair to get like as much room. It's it's hilarious. And then they're nice. like, ah, let me give you the pros and cons. First of all, it's mod sexy as hell. This one's for you, Comrade Chrome. Do you see this bad boy? Look at this shit right here. I had Mod Envy for a year, Rob. A year, because I wouldn't pay what this thing cost. And then the chip that's inside of it, that's the electronics. 
um, was discontinued and I caught a killer deal, like half off on this bad boy. And I'm just so excited. I haven't put it down in like three weeks. I sleep with it. <laughs> so I want to tell you from YouTube, um, Comrade Chrome does say ripping mad clouds, bruh. Mm-hmm. That's right. And Sick Frank Adler, tits. Uh, wow. Frank, Frank Edler says, my point was kind of like Rick James did drugs. Drungs. He actually wrote drungs. So Rick James did drungs as part of a party culture and Chester Bennington was doing drugs from an escape culture. Um, now that's, so. that's interesting, but you have to ask yourself at what point it's like alcoholics. I don't think I, I don't want to say anybody. I don't think most people like sit at home and just drink vodka until they become an alcoholic. It probably starts with like, Hey Frank, let's go get a drink. And then, Hey Rob, let's go get a drink. And then eventually I'm like, well, fucking these guys are busy. I'm just going to drink by myself. So I think a party culture eventually that drug addiction probably turns into a very personal and, and even private at times. Cause when it gets out of control, I mean, most people tend to hide that stuff. Right. Yeah. And the party culture might be the beginning of the escape culture. Like I party because this is the only time I feel alive, but then when the party's not happening, then I just drink because I associate that with, I'm not a psycho. I'm not a psychology major. <laughs> I'm not an addiction fucking expert. Um, I'm not addicted to anything except for booked because it is the best. Can we talk about that for a second, Rob? Yeah, 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 yeah. AMA, Livius. Yeah, no, no. I listen. I, I know you, and 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 you are a super highly functioning person. But there are times <laughs> where I worry about every time I talk to you, you're drinking. Um, yeah, yes, valid and fair. However, I will say that. Um, Primarily, that's because I buy alcohol faster than I can drink it. I, I, well, I, and I think, too, I guess the difference is I think you're drinking uh, what I would consider a lot. But I don't think you get drunk a lot. Like, pretty much no, every time I no. drink, I get at least a little drunk because it's not that often. So, you know, but I think you drink and don't get drunk very often versus me. Yeah. If you had on a scale, I'm like 90% of the time I'm drinking, I get kind of drunk. But it's so it's it's infrequent. So. Yeah. Or you have a tolerance now because of how many yeah. know, thousands of gallons of liquor you've had. And, I do. I do have a tolerance. I definitely have a tolerance. Zero. To- I'm a zero tolerance policy kind of guy over here. No tolerance. Wow. Wow. And I'm the guy that's anyway. All right. Moving along. We don't have anything uh, uh, in the YouTube comments. So. Did we have any topics otherwise that we look at that ripping mad clouds? Bro. <laughs> um, no, we didn't. And I didn't think we could pull off 90 minutes with me talking about Edgar Cantero. That we was, also, can I tell you some of the things we talked about doing? Like this is a good time to revisit some of the things we've said if we were going to do on booked and didn't or talked about potentially doing from uh, October, 2015. I have these tidbits. Um, <laughs> so this is like a, like a time travel thing for you. Um, we were going to get a medium and have a seance so we could interview Richard Lehman on the podcast. Sounds uh, familiar. That, that did not happen. We were going to interview Edgar Cantero, but um, English is a third language for him. So we talked about maybe doing a written thing, which we knew we wasn't really going to happen because we are not a written word kind of people. Um, but then we talked about hiring a translator for an interview. We didn't do that. Pie chose. 
Not, oh, not, not from October 2015, but Pie Chose, which really was going to be the <laughs> product that we did this podcast to hawk, a la Alex Jones and all kinds of supplements, or Dr. Jacoby on Twin Peaks and Gold Shovels, 100 Happy Days, where we review 100 episodes of the TV show Happy Days. <laughs> I gave up that domain. Can I tell you that if you still look... <laughs> Rob and I share a, a box.net account and that's how um, like he gets me audio for the view or like I'll, I'll like if someone sends a book to me, I'll, I'll send it to him via the Dropbox or the box.net, which is very similar to Dropbox, but we have like weird unlimited space or something to, to use. There's still three episodes of Happy Days that I ripped and put in there for you <laughs> in the event that we ever got yep. that going. I almost deleted them the other day, but I was like, I just like seeing them there as a reminder. Yep. Uh, Frank Edler says Livazon. Livazon, uh, although we are not drone delivering anything, Livazon.com is currently in use um, and, and getting about 28 views a week <laughs> for the new <laughs> podcast because wow. that's the, the one domain that Rob still owns that we can talk about publicly because I know Rob owns some other ones we don't talk about. We will never. Well, I can't say never. How many domains? Here. How many domains do you currently own? Do you know? Like, oh, I let like three laps uh, okay. just recently. So we have bookedpodcast.com. We have liveazon.com, and that's all we can talk about. We have uh, a domain that's redacted. Mm-hmm. Um, Frank Edler also says Drunk Live needs to make a booked appearance soon. I, he's obsessed. I, I'm, I'm starting to think that regular Livius is not enough for him. I, you know, it's not just him though. I the the people have been around me when I'm drunk, and this is definitely not me patting myself on the shoulder or, or anything. Um, I, people really like me when I'm drinking, which leads me to believe like that they don't really like me when I'm not. Drink, if that makes sense, because it's like you should drink, and I'm like, mm, am I not just okay having a having a Lacroix karate? Uh huh. That is uh, apple and raspberries, I think. Apple cranberry. Uh, yeah, cranberry. Yeah, Apple cranberry. Cranberry. Um, but most people that have been around me when I was drinking strongly encouraged me to drink. So I don't know if it's just because they want to make fun of me after I've lost like my sense. I mean, let's face it. I'm not that sensical most of the time anyway. But when I've really gone off, like I have no borders that people tend to like that. So I could float the theory that... Um you want to take a like do a compare and contrast no one ever asks me to drink and maybe it's just because like it's so rare that you do and it's so common that i do let's say no one has to ask you because you're already doing it yeah they're like rob can you just put that down um comrade chrome says everyone but jesse because liv decides to play the irl troll all right let me let me address this I have not once said any aliens. Also, I'm doing the aliens thing. Aliens. <laughs> uh, just got cut reflector. Um, I, uh, uh, comrade Chrome. Everything I said to Jesse that night are things I honestly believe. It's not me really trolling. Like I, I, I have a lot of opinions, and I decide not to share them um, online at all. Um, because there's just no. It's a whole long thing. There, there's no winning. Uh, when you're arguing with certain people, it doesn't matter how right you are. It doesn't matter what evidence you bring. So I just choose not to do it. I do have these debates and Rob will tell you there's plenty of times right before we record an episode of book where Rob's just like shaking his head at the things I'm saying. 
but I believe like it's, it's what I believe. So the things that you may have heard me say to Jesse are things I believe. Now I don't dislike Jesse one bit for having a differing opinion. I encourage, I like having good solid debates with people that, you know, don't want to throw a beer bottle at my head because my opinion differs from theirs. So if you want to know a troll though, I'll tell you, Edler, I sent him a message the other day. Probably first message I sent him in a long time where I said, nice job trolling, buddy. He put some people up in arms over just, a, and, and I know he did. He made a comment just to make the comment, just to see what kind of ire it would draw, and he was successful. So congratulations, <laughs> my friend. Nice right. job. And I think that wanders into a territory where, like, uh, I'm going to go ahead and admit right now that in the last, what year is it, 2007? 2017? 17. I yeah. meant that. There's a one. It was in my mind. Uh, in the last almost decade, I have allowed myself to become so removed from what's actually happening in the world because it's just so painful to experience. Uh, like, so first of all, I'm very liberal. And so like the entire uh, uh, Obama administration was just like, um, great for me. I loved it. Um, and now that that's done, I am even more willfully ignorant about what's going on because I just don't want to spend the energy. And I've come to the point in my life where I realize that like I have a finite number amount of energy to spend on any given thing. And I get it. It's great to be informed about shit, but I have more important things to think about than like every little detail of politics. So now I'm going on general impressions about like, Hey, this person's a fascist asshole. Um, you know, and eh, it's a general impression. So now I'm at a point in my life, and and then what this is getting at is that Livius is far better informed than I am about politics and current events, um, and we disagree a lot. And uh, a lot. And I can't defend my point because I'm not well informed about what's going on. And so I, I'm I'm the guy that I hated ten years ago in conversations and I'm making that admission right now because it's important to know, like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know well enough to argue it one way or another. I know I feel like, Hey, these things are shitty, but like, eh, it's just impressions. And so we're at this point where like, I have to decide, Hey, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about because that's the rational thing to do until I choose to learn more about the topics of what's going on. And I respect that about you so much. And this isn't just a, like because you don't put up much of an argument or whatever bullshit that is. Because I, um, I think at one point I, I really felt, and this is before we were doing the podcast, Rob was nearing like activist status, and I status. And I'm not, I'm not saying that to be funny. Rob was super involved with a lot of things that I didn't want to say I disagreed with. There's a lot of things I just didn't care about at all. And yeah, I would have been the guy who didn't really know enough about what he was involved in to really debate argue or have a conversation what I, and and this is kind of flipped a little bit and not because i'm active in politics or whatever but i've been following what's going on and i have opinions and they're not always the most popular opinions especially around the the people i surround myself with who who like i said like i love jesse like i love rob i'm not going to let their difference of opinion on on healthcare or taxation or whatever influence how i feel about them and and i encourage a, a discussion even if it's a lively one um I'm not going to lose a friend over. I hope, and not not from my end. There's nothing that Rob could say politically or Jesse could say politically that's going to make me say, hey, "Fuck that guy." I'm not talking to him anymore. Um, that being said, I, I respect that Rob at least knows not to make comments about things that he's uninformed about, and I wish that more people would take that tact. I love 
debating <laughs> with somebody who knows what they're talking about. But I think Rob could even admit that some people who maybe are more on his side of the fence about things sometimes have no fucking clue what they're talking about. And they're just reiterating something they heard somewhere, but they have no real basis to, to defend an argument. And that's really the thing that frustrates me is I have no problem talking to someone. And, and like I said, even if it's politics, if someone knows more about it, I feel like I could learn. It doesn't matter what side of the fence they're on. So take that for what it's worth. And probably the best punctuation to this like rational discourse is comrade Chrome says that in all caps, <laughs> they're all interdimensional lizard people controlling the world through fluoride, even Obama. Now so. comrade Chrome there clearly watches Alex Jones. And uh, I respect you for that, because that's where I get most of my news. Horror. Absolute horror. <laughs> uh, like, Livius, you made me watch something one time. And we talked about this on the podcast. So I, won't, I won't, like, restate my point, but, like, there's something wrong, with, like, with his brain. Like, I've watched, I've been rewatching like, the first season of Fringe. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe it was season two, whatever. Earlier Fringe episodes, and there's, like, that part in the story. You've watched the whole thing. Yes, I have. I There's a the part that. in the storyline where, like, they realize that Walter had had parts of his brain removed, and that's why he <laughs> acts the way he does is because yeah. there's, like, actual parts of his brain missing. And I feel like that's what's going on with Alex Jones is, like, someone cut out, the like, the parts of his brain that require, like, rationality and coherence. Um, I'm not going to disagree with you. I will say that what I sent you, I mean, the guy does like six, seven hours a day. And I sent you like a three minute clip that someone had collected over a period of years. So really, you saw the worst of the worst. And, and <laughs> quite honestly, if you're going to look at somebody who does even just like a newscaster, it does like an hour or two a night and you pull out like the dumbest things they've said, you know, you could make a pretty compelling clip. You could do it with this podcast for sure. You pull out a compelling four minute clip of at least one of us saying really weird, <laughs> crazy things. So, um, but yeah, I, I mean, you know what? I, I, I guess I, I do want to say that when I when I say that I listen to to um, news, I don't I don't consider Alex Jones news. I, I will watch his show occasionally. Um, I do. I really try really hard to get a fair and balanced um, amount of news, which really, and as much as this sucks, that means like like 60% Fox News, maybe 40% CNN, which means I'm really just getting the extremes and I'm not getting anything that's moderate and just factual information. It's always opinionly slanted. But uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. If you guys ever if you guys ever want to hear kind of borderline crazy, um, Sirius XM has a station called The Patriot, which is, is essentially Breitbart News on the radio. Um, I will say that they're a little out there um, on the right side, obviously, but man, they've got some really intelligent people. And that's the problem is if someone's really articulate and can defend an argument, it's really easy to go down that rabbit hole without hearing an, an opposing view. So that's why it's important, I think, not just to watch CNBC or CNN, but to get the other side just to balance you out a little bit. Um. I have a little technical thing going on where my um, I had to I, re- I let my iPad run out of battery, so I don't have the chat up, and so I'm trying to get the chat back while we chat. Um, but I did see uh, Comrade Chrome at one point did say "ha ha ha." Um, I think it was about what we were talking about. So, um, well, at least he didn't say "fuck you, fascist." 
He, I mean, he's probably and, thinking and it. throw a brick through my window. So he's, he's thinking it at least. Yeah, it's okay. You know. I will I mean, pull it up on. Uh, I will pull it up on the YouTube's until you can get that going. Uh, yep, that's the last thing we saw is the ha 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 from uh, Comrade Chrome. I don't know why it was working just fine before, and now I'm in the same app. Uh, there's nine watching, uh, according to YouTube. Nine people. Well, I'm one of them this. now because I opened it in a different window, and you're one because you have it open. So yeah, there's this yeah. seven people. Yeah, that's a. Uh, well, when you're live, there is a way to just scroll through live um, YouTube feeds. So this could be just people that are like, man, this is like a really serious political podcast. That yeah, they do. yeah. <laughs> so just of, totally like... not. <laughs> it, it, so... Oh, we're, we're down to eight. Hey, listen, in case you're one of those people scrolling through, I just want you to know that we reviewed a book called Backdooring the Brat last year, and you should go listen to that review. Yeah, we did. And I'll tell you, it was not good. Our review was fantastic. The oh, I'm sorry. Wasn't. Yeah, that's... The I didn't mean to mislead anybody. Podcast, yes, absolutely. Now, um, but it has had a, a serious effect on my Amazon what you might want to read list. Looking at Amazon is a goddamn horror show for me. Um, Frank Edler is still with us, and I'm gonna you're asking the wrong people, Frank, because watch what's gonna happen. Rob, Frank needs some road trip music for his trip down to Scares That Care convention tomorrow. Um, can he get uh, a quick booked road trip playlist? So, Rob, what are, what are the last three things you listen to? Oh, let's see. Um, well, I can tell you right now, when I was working earlier today, I was listening to the Daft Punk album Homework from 1997. Um, do you want to know it's <laughs> you know, queued up on my music right now? Let's see if you can guess it from the, from the sound first before I actually play it for you. Not something that I would ever listen to. Say something. It's oh, sorry. It's um, "Let Me Blow Your Mind" by Eve. That's uh, from a. Is that a woman? <laughs> yeah, it's a woman. I think uh, it's from my <clears throat> my favorites playlist on Apple Music, uh, right there. My favorites, um, and it's got such good stuff as Eminem's "Lose It," uh, that song I just showed you. Um, there is an, a 50 cent song on there, Dr. Dre. Wow. There's a Kanye West song on there. So yeah, if any of this sounds good, Mr. Edler, um, Frank seems to, so he says that he knows that I'm guessing it's the Eve song and they says yes with one, two, four or five exclamation wow. points. Um, the source so, hip hop hits volume five, Frank, I've lost so much respect for you. <laughs> Oh, Tom dude. Red Chrome so, wants to know if you ever got around listening to Kendrick. Uh, that is a big no. Wait, I think I downloaded one of those albums, though. Hang on. Um, While Rob is checking, I'll give you uh, very honestly the last three things I listened to on Google Play Music. Um, the Prince Purple Rain Special Edition was released on there earlier this week, so I've been listening to um, the whole thing, uh, not the live stuff, but the unreleased tracks as far and and the like digitally remastered um, Purple Rain. I listened to Punk Goes Pop, which also hit this week, uh, Volume Seven, I think, which is just punk bands covering popular pop songs, and I know most of them because they play on the the Muzak or whatever at work, and that. <laughs> If I, I'm, I'm trying to think because I, 
I want to say what the the thing I think is, but I don't want to say it like fakely. I said the last three things. I'm pretty sure the other thing I listened to was the Rocky Horror Picture Show soundtrack, which I listen to frequently. So I'm pretty sure that's the last three things I've listened to. Um, I will say also that um, I've been building a playlist that I'm calling It Follows. And it's based on a conversation I started on Facebook where I was talking about songs that you can't listen to without hearing the song that comes after it. And so far, um, it's got such combinations as um, the corn songs Adidas and Lowrider. Uh, Pearl Jam's Go, followed by Animal. Green Day's Chump, followed by Longview. The Cars song Moving in Stereo, followed by All Mixed Up. Led Zeppelin's Live and Love and Made, followed by Ramble On. Fugazi, did I say that right? You did. Do You Like Me, followed by Bed for the Scraping. Prince's I Would Die for You, followed by Baby I'm a Star. The Afghan Wigs Bulletproof, followed by Summer's Kiss, followed by Faded. And then Elastica's Stutter, followed by Never Here. And I've, I haven't finished the playlist because there was a couple of uh, Def Leppard song combinations that are not available through Apple Music, which is where I'm getting my music. Um, so that kind of threw me off. Frank Edler said area codes with an exclamation point. And I'm guessing that's directed at you, maybe, because I don't know what that means. Area codes? No idea. Okay. That sounds area. like a rap term, because I know that... that um, urban type people now oh, are, very big into, <laughs> are very big into referring to themselves by the area code that they live in. Maybe that's a, maybe Adler's more hip hop than I am. Are you hearing an alarm? Yes. On your end. Yes. So let me tell you a story. I live in this apartment complex and um, hose in different area codes is what uh, comrade Chrome has to say about area codes. Uh, I currently have hose in exactly like one kind of cluster of area codes. I have no hose in any California area codes, which is definitely a problem. But so this alarm you're hearing, uh, this like ee e kind of noise, first of all, brings me back to our early days of podcasting when I was in Vermont and I said the robots were taking over. There's the alarm. The fire alarm was going off in my building and I had to mm -hmm. go like leave the building. So what's going what on that, is... What was that guy's name we were interviewing when that happened? Sorry. Chris Chris Dwyer. Was it Dwyer? It was Dwyer. Okay. I thought it was the Australian dude that dropped off the face of the earth. Rob Smith? No, that never happened. No, no, not Rob Smith. Oh, it, Max Berry? No. God damn it. He was part of the, the Velvet. Oh, Doc O'Donnell. Doc O'Donnell. That's yeah, that was a weird process of elimination. <laughs> um, so in the time that I've been living here, since the beginning of May... Um, everything's been just like great, very smooth, no worries, no problems, except for about two weeks ago, it was fucking four in the morning and this just astonishingly loud fire alarm was going off in my apartment and it freaked me out. And I was like trying to like, not just trying to go back to sleep while the fire yeah. alarm was going off in my apartment. It was really yeah. tough to do. Yeah. Not good. So I eventually go outside and, it, you know, the police, I mean, the fire department came and then you know, it was like 45 minutes at like four in the morning of just standing outside waiting to go back into my apartment because I know there was no fire. And it was awful. And I moved on with my life and fucking last night, 3.30 in the morning, the exact same thing happens. A fire alarm goes off in my building and I have to go outside and wait for the fire department to show up to let us back into the building. And now... 
a different building in this goddamn complex is that got that fire alarm going off right now. Bro, you got someone vaping into the fire alarms. You think that's what it is? If it's vaping in the fire alarms, I'm going to be so angry. Um, I know this has happened to a lot of people in hotel rooms, and um, it happened to me very, very, very recently. And that I was there was some remodeling happening, and the fire alarm got taken off the wall and got set on a ledge. And I didn't even realize. Now, this is not connected to the fire department. It's like the home battery fire alarm things. And just one of those sick clouds I was blowing, I'm like, why is there a fire alarm going off? And I'm all freaked out. And someone says, I think you just move vape right into that fire alarm and pointed like to like right by my hand. And I was like, oh, yeah, I totally like, you know. And so I think someone's vaping in your fire alarms at four in the morning, not yours. Personally, somewhere. I can't tell you how fucking annoying that is. Um, Frank did say that he's got hose in different area codes, and it's from Ludacris, who also fills cups like double Ds. I will tell you that much from that. Uh... Yeah, the extent of my rap um, appreciation, we'll call it. I'm so it, excited for this. Um, is uh, I had this conversation with someone at work just, God, yesterday, maybe two days ago. Um, early, and I should say all, because there is no current NWA, so I'll say all NWA. Um, easy E and it goes back before that to when you were goddamn probably almost in diapers, but, uh, nucleus, <laughs> the sugar Hill gang, <laughs> you, you know, do you, are you familiar with that? I mean, sugar Hill. Gang, yeah. Everyone. Yeah. But are you yeah. familiar with nucleus? Like Jam never heard of nucleus. No. Oh, okay. Um, I've heard that song. You know, we're talking about like the rock sand days. Hold on. I'm going to go. I have an idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep. I'm sorry. Keep talking. But I'm gonna. No, but that's it. Like rap. I don't. Um, like I thought the first like Snoop Dre album, and, and even Dre like Doggy Style. I like that. But since then, there's been nothing in the rap world for me. So that's putting me at what 1994, maybe. Wow. Yeah. Uh, dude, I searched for there's a best of the rap best of rap songs 80s volume one. So we'll do a little. We'll see if this is kind of like your alley. Okay. Run DMC's Walk This Way. I know it's a cover of. of yeah, I mean, yeah. I was big time into Run DMC in the '80s, <laughs> as much as I could be. Oh my God, Run DMC is a shit. Fight for your rights, BC boys. I'm bad by LL Cool J. Yeah, nothing so far. I mean, nothing that's really. Uh, all right, I'll just call out um, artists: Eric B. and Rakim. Audio Two, MC Light, Boogie Down Productions, Special Ed, Slick Rick. NWA. All, right. All right, Slick Rick. Children's like story. Children's story. I don't even know what that is. Uh, De La Soul, Public Enemy. No, the Two Live Crew. Me so horny. We've talked about this. I know we've talked yeah, about this. I know. Yeah, nothing. I mean, no. Salt and Peppa. Some of their stuff was okay, but I don't even consider them rap. I know there's Curtis like blow. some rap. Uh, no, nothing. All no, right. Well, no. All right. You didn't even like the popular rap of the '80s. No, I didn't. And like I said, I liked early rap when it was still, I don't want to say like underground, but I think really when it blew up, it just wasn't, it just wasn't for me at that point. Uh, Liv had love for the rapping Duke. Yes, absolutely. The rapping Duke, I somehow, and I don't know how, stumbled across the YouTube. Um, it wasn't even a video. It was like a, like a lyric video that just pictures of John Wayne. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> You know the rapping uh, Duke, Rob? No, no, I no. Rob, no would you kindly pull up the rapping Duke and just play the first oh, like, couple lines, please? Hold on. The rapping Duke. Should I? Is it going to be like 
I, do I have to go to YouTube for this? Probably. I know you might get it on on Apple Music. Um, Comrade yeah. Chrome says Eric B and Rakim is the shit. Rakim changed the flow in rapping forever. Rapping maybe he's who are friends. Maybe that's maybe that's who I have to blame then for not liking it. If he's the one that changed the flow, would it be rapping Duke and friends? Mm, no, I don't think so. All right, we're gonna go to YouTube. Oh, all the emergency vehicles are showing up now. Do you need to evacuate? I mean, I'd prefer you not. No, there's a bunch Probably. of... Uh, no, we're going on the two-hour mark here. Rampin' Duke. Oh, here we go. Um, this has got to be it. That's it. This is just going to be me looking at the screen because it's my music on the next one. Hold on. Or it's going to be me doing this. So you oh, think you're right bad with your rap? Well, I'll tell you, Pilgrim, I started the crap. When you were in diapers and wetting the sheets, I was at the Ponderosa rapping to the Sure, I rustled some cattle and tended the sheep, but my and uh, yeah, that I oh, yeah, Comrade Chrome does say, yeah, and that's true. Eric B and Rakim were before NWA, so wow, um. Yeah, most of the other rap I liked was uh, Paperboy, the Diddy. Anything, Rob? You got no. nothing on the Diddy? Nope. I mean, <sighs> you have to maybe indoctrinate me into your weirdo rap. Oh, I think a lot of it is is there's there's a, a little age difference between us, and it's just enough that if it was popular when I was like in in the, those teen years where you're really serious about your music, like you just probably weren't into music. So, um yeah well i had so i had a cousin who was like 10 or 11 years older than me who would kind of funnel some music down to me um and so some stuff i probably got exposed to uh that i usually wouldn't have um i guess the biggest example would have been like having access to the two life crew album that got banned and everything yep. it just came up in our other fucking episode recently but then also like he really tried so hard to make me like a hair metal guy um, See, that's the right thing. All my older influences were like, you gotta listen to like Rush, and I fucking hate Rush. <laughs> so I had to develop yeah. my own my own tastes because, like I said, I had I was I was a little younger, and by a little I mean like one to three years younger than most of the people I hung out with, and and yeah, that's that's they were all into classic rock. They were into stuff like their older siblings were into, and I kind of had to, I think, find my own way into music, which is why I have such eclectic tastes, I think, is that I didn't really take anybody's lead. So that's why I, I think, like, Gangnam Style is fucking brilliant. But I also love, like, the Alkaline Trio or Motley Crue or the Exploited for, like, old school kind of, like, thrashy punk or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think that I kind of had... So my parents listened to lots of classic rock, and I feel like that's where I got that influence from because it was just played enough that it kind of it took me in that direction. Um, <laughs> Would you take a guess at what my parents were listening to and, and what I don't listen to at all? Oh, my God. If you're telling me it's like those... Um, what's the... Uh, in, in Europe, they have that competition, the music competition every year. I wish they listened to stuff Eurovision like Eurovision or whatever. They, they still, to this day, love like classic romanian uh, which i'm like gonna try folk to music stuff. pretty much like the classic like you your folk dancing kind of like like music you would find in the 1400s kind of shit i, I wouldn't say that but
love it. Love it. Hold on, I want you guys to see. This is this is what what I would have grown up on. Oh uh, yeah. Now, I swear to God, if you walk in on my mom on any given Sunday afternoon and she's listening to music, it sounds just like that. And I randomly just pulled up like old Romanian music on YouTube or whatever. And that's that's yeah. You now they're gonna like be dancing in a circle, like hand, hands like like when that type of music plays, everybody just kind of like my dad can't walk, motherfucker. That shit ain't funny. I mean, in spirit. I'm, 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 kid, no, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. No, there was no dancing. But like, and and they didn't. They're not really. It's weird. I think, and like I said, I don't consider myself somebody who's really into music. But they were even less into music than that. So I mean, if there was music playing, it sounded like that, but it was infrequent. <laughs> Did you see Comrade Chrome's comments? Let's see. Fucking jippos. Um, uh yeah like if you so, want to talk about the most like insulting thing you can say to someone i know now here's the thing man here's <laughs> the thing. <laughs> um it's fucking serious man when you get like romanian people and you start talking about fucking gypsies if you want to talk about some straight up like racist i don't even know if it's racist because i'm not even sure gypsies are a race and, and i'm not saying that to be funny like i don't know i think that that really indicates a type of person the travelers <laughs> It's more of a cultural thing than a, a genetic thing. I mean, like, everywhere in Europe, they're fucking hated. And Romania got a bad rap because there were so many Romanian gypsies that Romanians are hated throughout parts of Europe because of that association. Oh, God, fuck my parents and gypsies. It's not It's not pretty when the subject comes up. I mean, it's, it's straight up like if there was a white sheet that you could wear when talking about <laughs> gypsies, they'd have they'd have the outfit. Hey, now I have a question for you, and this is me 100% not knowing the answer to this. Um, but uh, in my limited travels in in Eastern Europe, and and just talking to people from Eastern Europe in general, and talking about the idea of gypsies, and how it's like essentially like a pejorative term now. The um, <clears throat> the more acceptable term that I've been told is Roma. And does Roma have anything to do with Romania or is it a coincidence or? Yeah, I don't know where that term comes from. I have never heard it uttered by someone from Romania. Yeah. So I'm not sure if that was just gypsies trying to put a different, like, like rebranding. Um, Cause I know there are like TV shows that follow like Roma families. And I don't know yeah. if that's any different. I don't believe that's any different than gypsies. Um, I honestly think it was kind of, I like the term. I just love rebranding. Um, can I tell you my one interaction with a gypsy? And this straight up happened in Eastern Europe in Romania when I was 15. I, I will follow with mine. I was in, um, I was in the city of Timisoara, which is, I, I think the biggest city in Romania. If not, it's the second biggest city next to Bucharest. Um, but that's the closest city to where my uh, grandparents lived in a village and a girl that I was, I would say dating, like we were like hand, I was 15. She was like 16 or 17. We were like hand holding and like, you know, a little kiss here and there. Um, me, her, and another guy went to Timishar. We got an hour train ride to go there because that to them was a big deal. Now, understand the Timishar was maybe like as big a deal as going like Schomburg if you're from the Chicago area, right? So we're there and we're hanging out and we're walking through a park and maybe we stopped for something. But a woman came up to us who was very clearly a gypsy. I mean, like the headdress, the dress, I mean, like everything. Like she was like your, she was like who you would pay to cast a curse on somebody in a movie. And she's like thinner. Yeah. She was trying to sell us um, gold wedding bands. 
um, that she was swearing to us for gold and she was doing weird tests like rubbing it. If you rub it on your skin real hard because it's gold, your skin doesn't turn gray. I don't know, something. At one point, she was so serious about selling them that she said she needed milk for her baby and she whipped out one of her breasts and squeezed the nipple to show that there was barely any milk coming out. Well, fuck, you got me beat. I'm telling you, man, it's like one of those experiences that you never, ever forget. She just was like, see, nothing, nothing, Um, almost nothing. You'd see like a little dribble. So you knew like she was being serious about like there being some milk there. But yeah, that was a kind of weird. Needless to say, I am the proud owner of two gold. I'm not. No, I did. I was going to say, did you? Yeah. yeah. No, I did not. Are you kidding? No, absolutely. (laughs) So Um, that was my one like, like live action interaction, like me standing a foot away from a legitimate gypsy who was trying to sell me some gold. No interactions with like, like the kids because the kids like children. Not that I remember that stood out to me. I obviously it's not because I was 15 and I saw someone's boob because you know, that was a big deal to me. Um, but it was such a weird thing that yes, I, there may have been children, but it might have been hard to tell like just Romanian children from gypsy children at that point. I want to say that Comrade Chrome did make the comment that I heard the gypsy tits are playing Coachella next year, which is pretty much the funniest thing I've ever heard of in my life. Um, uh, when I was in Macedonia, I had a a, a in-person uh, interaction with Roma children uh, in, in two different occasions. I was in the uh, the capital city of Skopje, Skopje in Macedonia. And um, do you want do you want me to throw a little a little ethics spin on that Skopje? That's exactly how you would say it. Yeah, yeah thank you. <laughs> um, it's it's obvious I'm so American. Um, <clears throat> So I was warned ahead of time. I was like, I was prepped. It was like, hey, um, you're going to inter- encounter this, these types of people and they're going to try and, you know, and I was told the horror stories of like, you know, someone went in and they, they got their, like their paycheck and they walked out of the bank and there was like hit with a swarm of these like, you know, kids who were seeming all pathetic and stuff, but they were distracted talking to one kid while the other kid walked away with their money, like that type of stuff. Like I was really prepared for the situation, but like, then you just have these like Oliver oh, twist shit right there. Seriously, like then then and I think that's one of the tactics is like they play on your heartstrings and they try to seem pathetic and helpless and you know um, needy in order to like play on your sympathies. But then at the same time they're robbing you. And so I was in the capital city. Skopje. <laughs> just wanted to give you a little bit of time there. Uh, and at like a, like a food stand, I can't remember. It was like, um, what, what, you know, like food stand, we're just buying food. And this little kid just kind of wanders up to me and he's like, got these mopey eyes and he's just like, he's got his hand out and he looks so like pathetic. And I had to, I ignored him at first, but he wouldn't go away. And so I was told a Macedonian term to say to, to people to, to have them leave. And I, I don't remember the translation, but it was big eye. And it was supposed to be like get out of here or, or whatever, like some yeah. sort of like a little bit more of a severe term. And so, but like, like what a local would say to them, to, to right? Yeah, because like I obviously was of this big, fat American tourist, and so I was like an easy mark or whatever. And so, um, like there was like this buildup of this kid just wouldn't leave me alone, and I was trying to be nice, and it didn't work. So finally, I was just like, "Bye!" And like the kid just walked away, and I was like, "This is goddamn magic! It's amazing." <laughs> That's what you um, use. You use some kind of witchcraft to make the. Yeah. Well, gypsy kid go away. Kid was not wearing any purple, so I could have cast a spell. That's, yeah. I mean, that's and, the whole thing. If they would just yeah. do that. 
let's see. What about the fake armful of scarves? I'm not sure what that is, Frank. Um, and yeah, no, my dad, my dad has legs. Frank may be remembering. Did I ever tell you this? I think we talked about this on the podcast. That was like the, the fun joke to play on like some chick at a party when we were like 16. I feel like we talked about this on the podcast. So the prank was, and I don't even know why we did this. And I don't know why I did this because I'm really a much nicer guy than this. But I, I'd go up to some girl and I'd be like, hey, listen, listen, go ask Rob what size shoe his dad wears. <laughs> and so, you know, they'd be like, what? That's weird. I'd be like, no, no, he'll totally get a kick out of it. You should just go do it. So they'd come up to you and they'd be like, hey, ha, ha, ha. like, what size shoe does your dad wear? And then you would be in on it and you would go really serious, kind of like I did. And you'd be like, my dad has no legs. And then that would send some girl into a fucking like panic, like crying, apologizing, whatever. So I'm not really sure. This is what I tell people when they come in and they, 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 so they all think they have a virus and, 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 and maybe, com <laughs> maybe comrade Chrome can, can understand this because I know kind of the line of work that he was in. They always have a virus. And I say, look, really a virus is typically a very targeted kind of thing. Like I, what I try to explain to layman, I know this isn't a hundred percent true. So I don't want people to say like, I don't know what I'm talking about. But a virus is kind of like the equivalent of throwing like that 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 um, bag of shit that's on fire on someone's doorstep. Like that's a targeted attack at you. Really, what you have is malware, and malware is you know designed to do things. There's always some benefit to the person who infects you with the malware, or I mean, the person who created it. It's not they infect you specifically, but you pick it up whatever online, and that's to farm for your information or your passwords or your credit card numbers or something. And I, I go back to, I don't know, like the, I, I say, there's always some type of gain to be had from this kind of stuff. And I think back to playing this prank and the only, there was no gain. There was no, like this girl's going to put out because she feels bad. It was whatever. <laughs> it was just like a mean shit. Like she's, she's hot for dudes who have dads with no legs. Yeah. And I keep trying to think like, I don't, I can't picture why I thought, and it wasn't just me. I, I didn't even invent this. Like it was some, I, I don't know who invented but it's something a friend of mine came up with but we did it frequently if you were new to like the party if you were the new girl at the party this was happening to you and it wasn't even set up it's just like somebody would be like oh shit you know what she probably hasn't heard before they'd be like go ask livius what size shoe his dad wears it didn't have to be if someone asked me that my answer was always for my face to go stone cold and say my dad has no legs so there you go that's that's a typical i mean I, I'm not going to say that every teenager did that, but they did that. Like, just maybe not exactly that. Like, yeah. I, had I didn't know. Like, I knew our group did it. I'm sure it came from somewhere. I'm sure nobody in our group was clever enough to invent it, so it was picked up from somewhere else. But I don't know how widespread that was. The gypsies, gypsy tits are playing Coachella, Livius. All I know is that I don't think this is on camera, but I've got, like, a, it's really hot in this room, so I'm starting to get a little sweaty. And I just totally did, like, an Andrew Dice Clay move <laughs> with my mod. <laughs> Wait, what was the move? Hold on, hold on. It was kind of like I was trying to like get my my shirt to like not stick to my armpit, so it was kind of like a, and I was gonna vape, but I realized how bad that looked, and I was like, I'm just gonna put it down. <laughs> Look. I do it like a behind the head. Uh, can you do the behind the head vape? Not, not anymore, man. I, I'm telling you, I, I've got. I, I think I've told you right. I think I have like a herniated disc. Like I have like ridiculous like arm fucking weird shit going on. So no, I don't do anything athletic at all anymore. Shit, that's considered athletic. We are in trouble. Um, how? How? Uh, oh, Comrade Chrome says, "I think it's hilarious." I don't know exactly what's hilarious. Oh, probably the no legs thing. I'm guessing. And then also says, "Yeah, behind the head vape." 
Uh, I don't think. I don't. Can you? I can't. Uh, yeah, it's not gonna happen, man. It's not gonna happen. I mean, close enough. All right, um, Rob. We're down to I think four viewers because I am one of them in the other window, and you're one. So maybe three viewers. I think it, we're a little over the two hour mark. How much longer do you want to go? On, I'm done. Uh, you're done. All right. I gotta go get fucking dinner, man. I am. I have hungry. to go to bed. I have to be up in a few hours to go to work. So, um, because you're listening to this on podcast, we're gonna give you like a genuine outro. Um, thanks for listening to Booked Live. Um, what would be more fun for you as a listener is to be a viewer and to tune in next time on YouTube when we do this, when you can again ask Rob anything. I think that's gonna be part of all the Booked Lives because that went over so well tonight. Uh, Rob, anything before we sign off? No. <laughs> I got All nothing. right, Rob. Rob's yeah. like, I haven't eaten since this morning. I'm done. Um, I'm overcoming for, a cold. Rob, I hope you feel better. Buddy. I'm a little bitch about it. Um, if you were here, I would rub Vicks Vapor Rub on your back so that oh, you would feel better. On my on my back though. Um, do it, where do you do it? I don't know. That's just weird. I, it's like old people do that. I'm not. I'm not Vicks Vapor Rub old yet. Yeah, I guess not. So um, I will say thank you to uh, the people that did contribute and talk to us, Frank Edler. Um, listen to Bazong because he has abandoned his other podcast. Um, hey, hold on a second. That motherfucker never responded about being on book, did he? Like, you had oh. asked very publicly. Ooh, yeah, you're right. He did not. Wait, I mean, we can go back through the comments, but I, I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> but you're right. I, I don't think he did, that asshole. And by the, you know, with the delay and everything, we're going to be done with this. He skates. Or do you want to just kind of like awkwardly stare at each other while we wait for the, the feed to catch up? I love awkwardly staring at you, Rob. So we could totally do that. I could also catch up on my Instagram page while we're doing this because you wouldn't know the difference. Me just staring at the screen. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, seriously, thanks guys for participating. Um, this has been a lot of fun. I don't know why. I guess Rob and I could do this anytime, but it seems like there's more fun if there's like one other person like just watching. <laughs> Adler, <Maybe. laughs> yeah, that's kind of my that's my deal with everything. Yeah, I was gonna say that might speak volumes. <laughs> Um, but uh, Ed- Edler says what? So uh, does he not realize that we said, "Hey, we need you. no," because I challenged him. I said maybe he was like took a bathroom break or something. Should I restate the? Uh, yes, you should restate the 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 challenge, I guess, or the invitation. I'd call it an invitation, but if you want to be confrontational about it, it can be a challenge. Well, uh, so essentially, what happened was um, we talked about it's a lazy summer of podcasting since we're not reviewing books. We're going to be blowing some serious vape clouds and trying to figure out things to do on the podcast. And I was talking about how we could invite Frank. And then it became, why the hell hasn't Frank uh, approached us with the idea? And then I was like, you asshole. But um, I think the the overall idea (laughs) is um, if you want to do an episode with us, you should let us know. You can let us know right now. We'll wait. We're going to wait. Livius is going to vape. I'm, I'm going gonna to... Vape. Uh... Um, I'm going to try to get us towards the end of this for people who are listening on the audio stream. So um, I think Rob and I are going to do this at least one or two more times this summer during the Lazy Summer of Podcasting. I have a lot of fun doing this. I don't know why we don't do it more often. Um, so please, like I said, subscribe to the channel. Not because we... Listen, not because we're like, we're going to get so many subscribers, we're going to monetize this. Like, seriously, let's get like 30 views and we're going to be ecstatic <laughs> about it. Yep, so... Yep. Our heart is always in booked the audio, so that will never ever go away, and it'll always be our main focus. God, earlier I was like pouring out like Neil Smith. It's the reason I love this podcast, and that's yeah, going back to like yeah. episode twelve. Thanks, Gabriel uh, Brothers. <laughs> this episode brought to you by 
the Gallo family, family. sweet peach Gallo. wine. Um, but yeah, next week we'll be back to a more standard interlude. Who knows if Frank Edler gets back to us? Maybe it'll be Frank Edler. Frank Edler. <laughs> Bizucked. Bizucked. And that's not an answer. So he knows. He's just he's dodging this. I, I think I think that that's I, I'm gonna call that a confirmation that he wants to do uh this thing. So maybe Frank Edler, I don't know. Maybe I'll talk more shit about Edgar Cantero as I get further into his book and find out that there's a Romanian character in there, a devish devilishly handsome Romanian character who's the villain. Um, but anyway, we appreciate you guys being here tonight. We appreciate you listening on the stream. And uh, until next time, I'm Livia Snedden. And I'm Rob Olson. Keep reading. Reading.